Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to Sweet Chin Musings. I am your host, the reigning, rarely defending, highly disputed champion of wrestling podcasts, Mike Mueller. With me as always is my tag team partner in crime, the Fatu to my Samu, Mr. Luke Kudialis. That's right ladies and gentlemen, we have another pair of super kicks locked, cocked and ready to rock your eardrums, so let's get into it, shall we? We shall. On today's episode, we are going to discuss our top 10 dream matches of all time, along with our thoughts on a popular theory that is going around for this year's Royal Rumble in WrestleMania. But before we get into the list, I got to say, and I know I'm springing this on you. Oh, shit. uh, I just bought WWE 2K22. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. How are you... I'm loving it. Really? I'm pleasantly surprised. I didn't get 2K20 because the results, the reviews were horrible. And I knew it wasn't going to be good. So I did not even bother. And I've essentially just been playing 19 for the last two years. Right, just keep it going. Yeah, Yeah. which I've loved because they've got a great uh, universe mode and it was fun. But it's time for a change. And I'm loving the Rey Mysterio showcase. I'm loving the, it's called My Rise. It's like the individual performer. Okay. You start at the performance center and you build yeah, your way like up. Yeah, your career. Like, yeah, it's yeah. the My Career. It's the My Career for this one. Okay. Uh, and I like it for two reasons. One, because you can do male and female. And nice. each of them, I I believe, have their own storylines. Okay. And then you can also go like face and heel. And depending on what you do, it gives you different um, story arcs, pretty yeah. much. So I just, I'm like, literally, I'm on my last uh, last storyline at the Performance Center uh, before I get into, I'm assuming, NXT and moving on from there. Right. But I'm really liking it. And I was thinking, I, I'm literally putting you on the spot because... We talked for two hours before we started recording this, and I did not bring this up on purpose. Uh, how would you feel about doing maybe our next top ten list, whether it's in two weeks, whether it's in two months, whatever it is, about WWE video games? I'm all about it. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Have you played enough where you feel like you can... I will admit I haven't played like the last five, you know, a few that have come out. Because... But I mean, we're talking about like all time. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. Like you okay. grew up, you know, with... The N64 games. Even the PlayStation and... games. You know, whether yeah. it was, you know, uh, like, I figured like Thunder was a game at one point. Oh, you know, my. Like, oh, Thunder. Like, yeah. well, I'll tell you right now, Thunder is not going to be in the no, top No, it's not. List. It's rough. It's a bad game. Right. Their style, you know, like how they presented the game as just very not good no no um, it wasn't. yeah i've you know played a good chunk of them i'd so. be down for it Hell though yeah. i think it'd be fun uh so yeah i i got it and i gotta say like I'd, i'm not plugging anything so i know this may be difficult for some of you to believe but i'm not being paid by <laughs> 2k or wwe to promote this but i gotta tell you if you're looking for a great wrestling game to play i like it what i like the most about it is um people's complaints about previous 2K games, really from like 2K13 through 2K19, mm-hmm. was it w- the controls were very, very in-depth. Uh, where you have to press, you know, left R2 triangle to do a certain move. And I liked it because I put enough time into the game where yeah. I got it. This, I feel like they really found a nice blend between, like, arcade style. Not quite button mashing, but there's a lot of combo shit. It, it reminds me, honestly, it reminds me of Mortal Kombat. Okay. Where, like, if I hit 
square, square, X, circle, it's going to do a specific yeah. move. And so it's a good combination of that along with the technicality. And if I want to specifically do a certain move, I know exactly what I need to do yeah. to do that. It's a really good blend of all of that. And so whether you're more of an arcade player or whether you're more of a technical player, it's a great blend of the two. And like I said, I'm not... I'm not Whatever, but I thought no, and that's it was a big really thing cool. you bring up too, because you know controls. I think that was one of my gripes when it came to the games. You know, of recent with W Two K, it was like you said that um, the technical side of it, especially when they force you to have to, hey, you know, okay, it's one thing when you implement, hey, we designed this new controls, right? The new motion sure. or the, you know the new analog controls, whatever. Here it is. You know, if you want to try it, cool. That's kind of going to be the new norm. Yeah, but. Don't force me to have to use them if I'm not adequate with it. Yep. Right? Um, and they did. It was they a, do. You had no choice. You know, and they were guilty of that when it came to MLB The Show at times. Like, hey, okay. you know, you have to use the, you know, we're going to implement this uh, type of, like, piss, you know, guessing, guessing the pitch. And, like, you know, now you can have it to where, you know, your, your cursor is going to go in the quadrant of where it's going to be. And just, like, all these little things. But... Where they got it right is you can turn that stuff on and off. Yeah. And another yeah. game that really, got, another series rather that got that right um, a few games in was Fight Night. Because at first, Fight Night, you know, it's a boxing game, it was kind of a button masher. Yeah. Right? And then, yeah. you know, as of time progresses, you know, you get t- better technology, you get your analog sticks. So they start implementing, okay, hey, you can, you know, use the uh, full Has swing. Ba- okay. So I don't mean to cut you off. No, you're good. Because I think the last game that I had for Fight Night was, I want to say it was Fight Night Round 4, and it was okay. PS3. Uh, Champion was the last one. Did yeah. that come out for PS4? Uh, or the next generation, I should it say? May They may have ported it. I know okay. PS3. Because I loved yeah. Fight Night Round 4. Right. That no, was they're my great favorite games. games. And, like, and that's my compliment. But it was a button masher. It, well, it can be, but then you can also use the technical stick to fight. And you can go through and ch- change it to whatever setting you want. Mm-hmm. You know, you can if you're a button masher, you can be a button masher. And if yeah. I want to use the technical fights, you know, we can both go at it. Yeah. And we, I can have my button mashing style. Right. You can have your technical style. Right. And we can go at each other. And they, I feel like they got that correct right from the jump, especially yeah. being a boxing game. Yeah. And it's like... Okay, that's one that you can that it was good. It was yeah. easy to use, but then being able to go back and forth is that's where they get it. You sure, know, it's like okay, hey, not everyone's going to use this. Where you force me to have to use this, yeah. um, new, you know, whether yeah. it's like new uh, yeah. mode or whatever you want to do, like it, it, I, re, I become resentful. Yeah, right. Because because I, I did, I am with you because I tried to get other people into two K nineteen, which to me, at that point. Like, 2K13 was great. There was a bunch of bad stuff in between. I thought 2K19 was amazing. But it did force you into that technical style, which I was fine with. But other people that were much more casual gamers or casual wrestling fans... We're like, look, this is way too much for me. I just want to give somebody a pile driver. And I have to go... I have to hold circle with down to get into the proper grapple and then I have to hold the D-pad in the right section and hit the right button just to do my thing. And for a lot of people, I think it turned them off. I love that 2K sort of has blended, or 2K22 has blended the two. And it sounds like that 
because, like I said, the last uh, fight night game that I played was round four. Yeah, you you do get a blending of it. Like I said, there are you know uh, you can still use the D pad or I'm sorry, you can use the buttons for pu- certain punches, but then it you know you use the um, analog stick as like a hybrid one if you want to use like your haymaker or a um, like a super like uh, I'm sorry like your sp- special punch if I'm mistaken was still one of the triggers or one of the uh, bumpers but like I said your haymaker or like your uh, uppercuts you could use the uh, analog stick and like I said you could kind of bounce between the two or you could switch your control settings to just one or the other so yeah I like that because you you had to me, it's better if you have that sort of blend of the two. Yeah. And I think that this version of the game has that. They've so, learned that part. Like, learn to use, like, better... Not, like, I it, really but. like it, and I love the story that I've been playing. I love a lot of it. Okay. I mean, it's... I, I, don't I haven't know. picked one up in a minute. I mean, I've... I don't know. It's been a few years since I played. Like, the last one I played, it was... You go through a lot of, like, the history of WWE. It was like, I know... It was a so cold uh, story arc where you got to beat McMahon, like both McMahons. See, I want to say that was fourteen, fourteen, which okay. was a great. It was a good. Game. Game. I just, I my buddy Jim was playing. He's like, "Oh, here, you could do this part." I'm just like, "All right," and then like fifty tries later, I finally get it. And then of course, he's like, "Oh no, you got to be." I'm just like, by Dude. that point, by then I'm yeah. like, I'm doing this out of spite to get yeah. it done because I just want to be done. You know, I and finally that's not got it. the way it. you want to play a game. No, though. but it was just fun. Like it, we turned, made it fun because of it. You know, but it was yeah. just one of those like because especially that like, hey, one of them's going outside the ring. You know, like you're supposed to beat both. It was just like a fucking mess. So, it's too much. Yeah, it's too much. Yeah. So stuff like yep. that, like, it, yeah. it's fun. But then it's like, hey, you guys, you gotta kill. You gotta. You don't want it. It's a game. You don't want yeah. it to be a chore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and this game is nice because what I also like about this game too is, like I said, I'm I'm doing these uh, these storylines. I'm taking these challenges on, and it's not like you have to do X Y Z to advance. It's like you're either going to win or you lose, and yeah. depending on what you do. That's where the story goes. So I don't have to do X, Y, Z in the perfect order in order to advance. It's if I don't do it, if I don't get the win, then the story is going somewhere else. Or maybe it's going nowhere. And I've missed my chance on that. But that's what's brilliant about it is I missed my chance. Essentially, I'm in the performance center and I missed my chance to go to Mexico. If I want to replay that. I have to create a new guy, yeah, and I have to go no... back through it. The The replay value on it seems very high. That's good. And I love that. So I would love to do a top 10 wrestling games. I may have, you know what, even as the Closet Champion, I might have done one. Or maybe I just created it. But um, either way, it's. I think that's going to be our next top ten list. I can get list. down with that, yeah. yeah. And like I said, maybe it's in two weeks, maybe it's in two months, who knows. Yeah, I mean, life's been a little bit hectic, you know, with the holidays coming up and everything. It's crazy, it's corner, crazy. But... And I'm sorry that to the audience, yeah. like, there's certain people, specifically, I want to say, I'm sorry, specifically to Seth, who we're this kind of, this whole... Uh, episode is a little bit Stem from yeah a little bit yeah because we're doing our top 10 dream matches which was an idea of seth and he gave some great ideas which we took on we're literally both wearing shirts yep. that seth gave us <laughs> uh so again we can very much be bought yeah so thank you to seth for that but um let's get into it i, I do eventually want to talk about um what's happening uh a very 
We'll do a brief rundown of like what's happening in yes, wrestling. Yes, yeah. absolutely. But what I want to focus on first is the dream matches. Yeah, that's what because I, mean. I think that's anything that like any wrestling fans when you get together you go, oh man, wouldn't it be cool if this person faced this? Yeah, person? this guy could beat this guy. Or this yeah, guy these absolutely. Guys wrestled, they, this guy would totally beat this guy. Absolutely. Right so we came up with our top ten dream matches, but I want to say first specifically this: these are. For the sake of creating context, A, we're not going in, like, it, this is not a 10 to 1 yeah. best to worst because we're talking theoretical. Right. This is... And theoretically, I'd be bringing up guys from the dead to face guys that are still alive, you know, so... And we're not doing that. Yeah. You're not going to get Roman Reigns versus Bruno San Martino. <laughs> we're doing things that could have possibly happened, and we're not putting them in any real particular order, but what we are doing is working under the context of, like I said, this is things that could happen and when we would want them to happen right. based on the people. So let me make sure I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and ten. Perfect. Yay. So the first thing that I want to talk about, I think if you look up any list of top ten dream matches... This is something that's on that list. Of course, everyone wants to talk about Sting versus The Undertaker. Yeah. And it's important, A, because their careers really parallel each other as far as they both kind of came in around the same time. They both sort of hit their peak at the same time. Personally, for me, I would want to see Sting versus Undertaker specifically in 2006 at a WrestleMania. Now you go, wouldn't it be better in the 90s because they were more in their prime? And you might be right, but here's the thing. It wasn't until 2005 when Undertaker faced Randy Orton that they talked about the importance of the streak. Okay. And I think this match is a match that ultimately is the most exciting if it happens at WrestleMania and Undertaker's streak is on the line. So in my mind, this is happening... 2005, Undertaker beats Randy Orton. At this point, he's legend killer Randy Orton. And we're talking about the importance of the streak. Now, I would like to bring in Sting as the outsider that is really challenging this streak that's been going on for a long time, but we haven't been making a big deal out of it. Uh, and like I said, it's a little bit past their prime, but the importance to me really for these two is the storyline of the streak. And I would love to see these guys face each other around 2006, 2007 at WrestleMania. We know we did get Sting coming in to WWE. He got, I'm sorry, he got buried. Yeah, they, I'm not a fan. You know, I'm glad I got to see him in a WWE ring. But sure. It's just one of those, like, you know, when you've had me on the show before, like, to start, like, it was, hey... I was a Sting and a Stone Cold guy. Like, those were my two guys. So, like, it was, there's, you know. Um, so, yeah, him seeing him take d both those out, you know, like, the Rollins thing, you know, kind of different, you know. But, this, you know, him coming in and losing to Triple H is just one of those, like. It kind of sucked. and It, it sucks took, a lot of the air out of the mystique of it, it all. And, yes. You know, it took like, the wind out of the sails. Yeah. It really did. Like, now, here's my question to you. 2006, Undertaker is at this point probably like 12 and 0, 13 and 0. I don't have an exact number. It doesn't matter. Right. Sting's coming in to WWE because this is happening at WrestleMania. So this is under, like, Undertaker's been 
the who guy. Face, like, who did he face the under, like the WrestleMania before or anything like that? Like Orton. That's what I'm saying. Oh, this yeah, is yeah, the Orton, WrestleMania right. after Orton. Do you have Sting stop the streak? There, no. There, no. Where yeah. would it if we're gonna have Sting versus Undertaker and Sting wins? At what point do you bring Sting in? Because let's not forget, like, like by 2006, by 2007, Sting has already got a, a lot of a lot of wear on those There's tires. A lot of on the tires. He's accomplished a lot. You know, he's been through one of the most iconic. And um, I don't want him to be like rivalries. fucking Shawn Michaels at right, Crown Jewel <laughs> when he's right. way past his prime and it's garbage. Yeah, I was gonna say Wrestling God, but I mean that's. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not gonna disagree. Uh, but, but at the same time, um, honestly, it's one of those. Because if you want Sting to go over, it's you got to make it make sense as to why he comes in and he suddenly ends the streak. Sure. Right? And if you're doing it at the WrestleMania right after, it's kind of been established like, oh hey, by the way, this guy has a streak. I don't feel like. So you want I don't Undertaker like, to have a few more wins under his belt? I want to make it more a little bit more prestigious with the streak being established. Yeah. If he if Sting is for sure the one to come in and. If that's what we're talking. So where do we do it? Because Sting, what, what was Sting's like prime TNA time? That was around like nine, he, right? Oh, nine. Around then, ish. I know he was doing a lot of like Jokerish, uh, you know. So whenever sure. the Dark Knight came out, yeah, you know, like right, and he played off like that, that, which makes sense. Yeah, um, you know, around then that could um, be fun. That could have been. Fun. It's one of those. I, if like I said, it's weird to have him come in and. The streak. If you're gonna do it, that if you're gonna do it to where Sting comes in and he ends the streak, yeah, I think you do it earlier on because Sting. That's was, what I'm saying. Well, I'm saying earlier than 06, yeah, because oh, even earlier than 06. Yes, but at that, but before that, the streak wasn't. It was a story a streak, line, but it, but wasn't it wasn't a storyline. Story you make it a storyline. You got to remember, we're we're pitching here. Sure. Out, here so out. you want okay? Our you know. So before booking, Undertaker right? gets to like 12, 13, 14, and 0, right. what we're saying is we established that the streak is a thing, which it it was. Right, it was. Like anybody that was paying attention, like it kind of knew, oh shit, this guy's not lost. Sure. You know, they weren't showing like sure. wins loss uh, titles. But right. It's like. So if Sting beats Undertaker, you actually want him to do it before 06. Yeah. Are we talking like 04, WrestleMania like, 20? Yeah, what what year was the actual Invasion? Uh, invasion was 2000-2001. So, really 2001. Right. That actually, you know what? 2001's so a nice... And that's what I'm getting at, because what was Mania, what was his, what was Taker's opponent, like, that, you know... I actually, I don't know if Taker had an opponent at 20, but okay, it would, hold on. It would be WrestleMania, okay. Because that's what I'm trying I'm to get at. I'm looking it up. Because we could bring in Sting, because that's the only reason why you bring in Sting after in the invasion, right? Yeah. Like your potential is all leaning towards Undertaker. Yeah. So then you can start establishing, oh hey, this is one of the greatest in WCW, and by the way, okay, now Undertaker has is we just realized he's undefeated. Yep. So Undertaker did wrestle at WrestleMania twenty. Mm-hmm. It was his second match against Kane. He beat Kane in under seven minutes. So it's, I'm sorry. It's so kind then of you great. have Kane come that in. That kind of would you have been. You already had Kane come in. And then you have Sting come in. Like who else would get So that? you would do 21? You would do after he beat Kane the second time? Or would you just have yes, him face then, Sting? Because then you have. Well, you, so that would have been 02 then. Okay, 02 then. But either way, you have him face Sting after, you know, like you could say. 
you know, he's beating Kane. Yeah. But, and then now Undertaker has, you know, he has this streak. Yeah. And then you have Sting in it. Because okay. Sting is at the height of, you know, that, like, not coming off that 99, like, that NWO run and all that stuff. Sure. Right? Invasion and follow WCW. Who better to come in and establish himself, you know, but you won't do it later on once, yeah. you know, Taker's been through all this stuff and the Sting's kind of, he didn't come in through Invasion. I like, like that timeline. Yeah. I, I think like that fits that a little timeline. bit better. And if you're not going to have him in the streak... Then you have him come in, you know, instead of facing Rollins, you instead of facing Triple H, sure. you do it then. Yeah. Well, yeah, if you're yeah. going to not have Sting beat the streak, I like my 06 yeah. timeline. Yeah. But if you're going to have Sting beat the streak, I kind of like him doing it earlier. We establish it. Yeah, let's say he beats Kane again. So we're talking like WrestleMania 21. Right. Which would have been oh five. Okay, you have Sting beat him the first year. Then before. you have you're gonna have a feud with Undertaker and Sting for fucking years. You, you know? could like, absolutely. That would have so been really. That cool. That would have been to me if I fantasy booking like that's my like how it happens. You get Sting and Undertaker at the invasion or like right after the invasion or you know during that. I like, like that. Yeah, I like that. I think, I think that, that's that would have been the like lightning in a bottle time, right? Yeah. Like Rock and Hogan. Like, yeah, you do it. And Sting was still not like I mean. I mean, even by, like, 2001, 2002, you could sort of see the rust on him or whatever. Right. But it's not like we're getting to that, like, 2011, 2012 sting where, like, he's wrestling in a t-shirt. Yeah. The Ric yeah. Flair at yeah, the end no. of his run. I really like that. I like that a lot. Oh, but I was able to kind of throw it's, that. I just threw that together no, myself, too. So. I I love that because you did throw it together. I can quote. We literally talked about the shit for two hours yeah. before we started recording, and this never came up. And I love it. I love it. So that's dream match number one, Sting vs. Undertaker. Call it around 2005. Yeah. And Sting goes over on Taker, ends the streak early but significantly right so and maybe we can run it back next year yeah yeah or in a couple years nice yeah. yeah you know yeah. i mean shit we've had taker in triple h multiple times taker in sean michaels kane kane multiple times, kane multiple so times. there's a there's a uh pattern there when it comes to undertaker and feuds it you know like so especially at wrestlemania yeah you can run it back. so you can make it's, it there the and next... even if taker loses especially like if you tell the story the right way the rematch is still significant. And what makes it even better? So we have Sting beat Taker. So yeah. then Taker goes on his path of redemption. He goes and he's running through everyone. Sting is, you know, beating people. He's going yeah. for the belt, maybe, whatever. Yeah. You have it to where uh, Sting Ooh. is only... Sting beats everyone, Undertaker beats everyone. Then you have Undertaker at the next Mania. He beats Sting. He is the only one that ever beats Sting. And Sting is the only one that's beat Undertaker. In WWE. Right. Yeah. And Sting yeah. is the only yeah. one that beat Taker, yeah. you know, at Mania. And you just have that. You know what I'd love? I'm building off this. Yes. Round one. Mm-hmm. Round one. Fight. Sting. Sting beats Taker. Ends the quote-unquote streak. Right. Round two. Probably next WrestleMania, but even maybe two years later. Taker beats Sting. This time the title's on the line. Because Taker was champ in 08, 09. Okay. So this is not out of the realm right. of possibility. Now Taker gets his revenge. He beats Sting for the title. We get to our third match, the rubber match. Title's not on the line because it right. doesn't it's matter. Right, it's just this blood feud at this point. And we can end it that way. Yeah. But I kind of like that idea. And you, you work the title into the second round so Taker's win is more significant than just like I beat the guy I who beat me. Yeah. I beat the guy and I, I kinda like the idea of Sting going in as champ and Taker taking it from him. Right. So that gives us even more of a reason 
to have that. And then it's match. also another thing, like, hey, here's Sting. Like you said, you got the belt. You know, so yep. that's one thing you can say you had as a yeah. WC. You know, so now, now you do the job for the our big guy, right? Our, yep. guy, you know, so it just totally what could have been you know like you know but it would have been cool yeah. would have been cool and that's if you look up like dream matches that's on everybody i think it's usually dream top matches. 10 top you know like i'm sorry everybody like top one, you know it's like top three top five for most for yeah. sure yeah um, uh i'll tell you let's go to the next one um because i mean we're already almost 30 minutes yeah. into this podcast uh it's gonna be a two-hour podcast it'll be all right uh i don't care i got nowhere to be i'll tell you right now of the of the matchups on this list, this is still my number one. Okay. Personally, Randy Savage versus Shawn Michaels. And specifically, I want this to happen in 1993 because Shawn Michaels, beginning of 19, end of 91, beginning of 92, he turns, he's now the cocky uh, heel, young heel, no respect solo. for anybody. Yeah. yeah, I can do this on my own. Randy Savage, at this point, within the company, in the real life world, He's got Vince McMahon sort of pushing him out, saying, we're focusing on younger people. I don't see a future for you in the ring. And you're going to be a commentator and all this stuff. And, like, while Savage is great on the microphone, he's fucking Randy Savage. (laughs) The thing is, like, Randy Savage went on to have, like, another six years of great feuds with Diamond Dallas Page, with Hulk Hogan, with Ric Flair. Like, he, Randy Savage, 96, 97, 98, 99, was incredible. Yeah. And we know Michaels is doing that too. But I love the idea, specifically, of where WWE was in 1993, where we're focusing on a younger generation, where you've got the young, cocky heel versus the experienced, charismatic babyface that everybody loves. And what kills me about this is this is literally something that Randy Savage pitched to Vince McMahon. He wanted this. This is not a random fan theory. Right. This was something that was brought to the table. And Vince McMahon said, you know what? I don't really think you got much left in the tank. We're not going to do this. We're going to have Shawn Michaels face Tatanka, which is fine. It was a good match. Right. But tell me WrestleMania 9, 1993... The disrespectful, young, I don't care about the past heel facing the I've been everywhere, I've done everything, I've been you. Right. And now I'm wise beyond those years. Randy Savage, babyface. I think this could have been one of the greatest WrestleMania matches of all time. And it should have happened at WrestleMania 9. It kills me that it didn't happen I just, I'm sorry, but this was a golden opportunity that literally was in our hands. A lot of the things that we're going to discuss are theoretical. Yeah, yeah. That, oh, if so-and-so was in this company. Yeah, just a few months out, or, you know, this guy was on the way out as he was in. Right. You know, too young, too old. Yeah, yeah. This was in our hands. (laughs) Yeah. And we let it like like sands through an hourglass. Oh, well, we didn't. Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon you know, did. Like, let's be yeah. honest. It's def- not we. It's I he. wonder if that's one he sits back. He's like, damn, what if? Yeah, I you know, fucking like, hope if there's so. any time Vince McMahon would actually like, you know, because I'm sure he's not one to sit there and say I regret this or look back or you know. But I wonder if there are times when he reflects, he's just like, I wonder if. I hope so. Especially because, like, hearing interviews with people like Randy Savage before he passed away and Jim Ross 
uh, and Bruce Pritchard that were like, look, this was sitting in our lap. Yeah. And it was a conscious, I can't even blame McMahon in the sense of it was a conscious effort to skew younger. It's why they let Ric Flair go in 93. It was like, it was a conscious effort to skew younger and that's fine. But like what, like Shawn Michaels could have gone over. Shawn Michaels would have gone over and Savage would have let that happen. Yeah. He didn't have to win that feud. No, he doesn't. He wins just but being how like, good. It's Macho Man. You right. Know what I'm like, but how good is that feud? You don't yeah. need a title. You don't need anything. It's you think you're the future. I know I'm the present. That story writes itself. Yeah. And I almost, how I would book that, and I don't know if there was like groundwork for it or anything. It's almost like you said, you could. <sighs> All right, so what I do in that case where it's like, all right, Macho Man, yeah, we want to put you on creative, but how about we do this? Uh, Sean is coming off, like, he's got this, you know, he's cocky, whatever. How about you try to rein him in? You be his valet. You've been there. You teach him. You take him under your wing. You take him under your wing. And the whole time. Much the way, uh, not to discredit, but much the way Kurt Hennig in 96, as Mr. Perfect, took Triple H under his wing. And the whole time. Sean's just pushing Macho Man off. And Macho Man's like, you're not getting respecting pissed. him. He's getting pissed. He's like, you know what? You would, like you said, I've been here, I've done this, all that stuff. Finally, it culminates. I'm trying to help you. Finally, it comes like, you know what? Fine. I'll, 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 prove, I'll beat you in the ring. I got to show you. And then finally, like, that's how you get your match in WrestleMania the yeah. whole time. It's just like, he's just ducking him the whole time. Like, I, you yep. know, you could have turned it into Sean is Vince, where he is telling me, you're old. I don't need we don't yes. need you. You're gone. Yes, that's why you're in commentary. He's pushing that narrative. He's pushing the narrative for Vince. Yep. That's what Vince should have done. Yes, and then see if then you can push Macho Man. Does he really still have anything in the tank? Because once you push him up against the fucking wall, Macho Man is going to give you all he fucking can. I dare you, right, to push Randy Savage especially against the wall. If, and especially have him if deliver. it's Shawn Michaels and you got yeah. somebody in his fucking ear to hey yep. Shawn, hey, you should go yep. say that. You should go do that. You yep. know, like. And as much shit as you can give, like, 92 through 98 Shawn Michaels, the fact is, like, dude could still smell a great storyline and exploit it. Yeah. And it would have worked, because it literally would work into both of their actual personalities. And the time, like, what they're going through. Like you said, like, he's going into the solos, he wants to prove that he can do it. All right, who better than one of the fucking greatest on the mic? Legends. You know, like, and then, hey. Two-time world champion. Intercontinental champion. And then you're saying, hey, I'm, I still got it. All right, here's the young gun. Not only is he the young gun on the mic, he's the young gun in the ring. Show me that he got it. Yeah. It just... And you know what? I just fucking thought of this. At the same time, you have the wonderful dynamic of, at that point, Sherry was on again, off again with Shawn Michaels. Who was Sherry with before Shawn Michaels? 1990, 1991. Randy Savage. Now you've got, you can work Sherry into the mix. I just, I literally just got goosebumps. I, it, Kyle, like you said, it wrote itself. They, like you said, when they say they had it in their lap, maybe that's what they were talking Dude, about. You know, like spring of '93, Savage versus Michaels would have been incredible. Yeah. It's so definitely a missed opportunity. Totally, that's definitely number two. Number three, we're scaling back a little bit, and this requires a bit of creative booking. But I would absolutely love two Minnesota boys <laughs> ravishing Rick Rude. Mr. Perfect Kurt Henning. 
To me, based on their career trajectories, this has to happen around 1989. They were both in AWA before that. They came to WWF around the same time. Well, Rude was there about a year before. Because actually, Rude's first pay-per-view was Survivor Series 87. Perfect's first pay-per-view was Survivor Series 88. So you kind of got about a year difference. I feel like... You have to do this earlier. I mean, Rude went... They actually, weirdly, they both kind of suffered career-ending injuries around the same time, around 92, 93. Hennig was in WWE at the time. Rude had already jumped ship to WCW. I would like to see this personally in 1989, just because they're both still at their um, their healthy peak. Yeah. And the way I would see this play out specifically is... We're getting... I'm sorry, I can't imagine Rick Rude as a babyface ever. <laughs> He's one of the few people that never was a babyface. Yeah. Hennig was definitely a better heel than he was a babyface, but he did babyface action. What I would love to see for this, me personally, if I'm booking it, we're fighting for Bobby Heenan. <laughs> Bobby Heenan managed both of these guys, not at the same time. Right, right, right. Managed Rude in 88, or uh, managed Rude in 89, managed Henning in 90. So there wasn't that overlap. But I love this idea of maybe we turn Hennig babyface earlier because he had a great babyface run in AWA in 87 with Nick Bonkwinkle. And he was very white meat babyface. He can play that role. Yeah. So I love the idea of. They both want Bobby Heenan to manage them. Bobby Heenan, on an ego trip, is like, I'm only going to manage one of you. Right. You two fight it out over me. And I know, right? And And just imagining him, like, all his antics. Oh, my God. And that's the beauty of it, is they both... That's the, the weird thing. Like, you look at the Heenan family... And he managed Haku. Haku can't talk for himself. Right. He managed Andre. Andre can't talk for himself. He managed Hercules. Hercules can't talk for himself. But he also managed Mr. Perfect right. and Ravishing Rick Rude. Who, who can definitely can talk. Yeah. Definitely talk for themselves. So I love this idea of this like weird... It's it, For lack of a better term, it's a love triangle. <laughs> where like yeah. they're both fighting for Bobby Heenan's affection. Right. And But it's almost weird because like we as the audience are rooting for Kurt Hennig. But we're not really rooting for him to go with Bobby. Right. We're just rooting for him to get over. And so I don't know, like, really how it plays out, but I love the idea of both of these guys facing each other. To It's almost sort of like two siblings fighting for the approval of their dad. And the dad, like, gets a power trip out of it and wants to see them, who loves me more, right. kind now, of No, that's thing. one of those I would definitely see it personally. I wouldn't have either... It, Somehow the matches ends like a double count out or something because we don't I, have to have a clean finish because of the way I do it at the end of it yeah they they put on a great match they're going through it and then somehow they realize you know what like you said it's the two sons realizing we can't beat dad by ourselves but together we could take him on 
And then they both go after Bobby Heenan. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, wait a minute. Why are we fighting each Why other? This asshole's we... got us fighting each other. Let's go get him. Yeah. And then you got Bobby Heenan running the back, you know, trying to get away from and him. And how like. amazing, even if it requires Rude to go babyface, which, again, is still a weird concept to me. He'd have to shave the mustache. But how cool would it be exactly to see that play out? Yeah. Where And it's almost like I can see it, like, literally happening mid-match. Yeah. Where they're going, wait a minute. What are we doing? You slowly have, you, you can even have Heenan, like at one point he slides rude something, and Heenan, Heenan sees it, he's like, or, you know, Well, he's definitely, yeah. the whole time he's trying to pit them against Right, each he's other. pitting him again, but that's when the other one sees what the, you know he's doing, and you're like, what the fuck are you doing? You he's said like, you were oh, no, no, on no, no, my no. side. Right, and then the vice versa, a few minutes later, same thing, I'm like, Wait a minute. Like you said, you get that slow, and then the gears start moving. They're like, wait the fuck a minute. You know, like. I so. never in my, you know, and this, so again, I just to reiterate, we did not discuss this no. before we got on, on the microphone. Actually, anything, everything I have on here, at least, is what we would talk about non, later. Yeah. You know, booking mash. So. But I kind of love that because I do like. Hennig did. He, Hennig was babyface in eighty seven, eighty eight. He was babyface in ninety three. He was babyface in ninety six. He can be babyface. Rude never was babyface, but I can see it almost in a way where you could make Rude a babyface simply to spite yeah. another heel. Just that moment, which it would be yeah, yeah. It wouldn't last long. No. It wouldn't last long, and maybe one would turn on the other, and we'd get that feud. Yeah. But I love the idea of doing that in '89 when they're both healthy, when they're both at the top of their game, when the Heenan family is at the top of their game, and they sort of realize, "Hey, we're both being played, yeah, and we're not going to stand for that, and we're going to do our own thing and go on our own." Yeah, that's not where I saw this going, but I kind right. of—I'm not going to lie—I kind of love it. <laughs> So then the next dream match on our list, Kurt Angle versus Bret Hart, based on when they were active. I'm seeing this happening around the year 2000. Okay. Kurt Angle's been there for about a year. Bret Hart, of course, has it, has his career-ending injury happen in 2000. So this seems to be like the only time where it could have lined up, theoretically, right. if... All of reality is yeah. still in, in play. So we've got young Kurt Angle versus very experienced veteran Bret Hart around 2000. How do you see this scenario playing uh, Especially out? with it, sorry, like coming early, um, especially with it being a young Kurt Angle, you know, using, around 2000 they're using, you know, like, start using the Olympic gold medal as a thing, you know, like I'm, you know, the pure athlete or I'm the, you know, real athlete, like the first, sure. You know, one in WWF or whatever. Um, I would definitely book it as, you know, the, the athlete and then the technical wrestler, you know, like, you know, book it as Brett is like, Hey, I'm the guy like, you know, I'll tell you if you're really a wrestler or not. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, that's how I'm kind of booking it. Whereas, uh, it's like the, the, Peak of amateur wrestling and versus maybe like the peak of pro, pro wrestling. Technical right. wrestling. It's like, yeah. I'll show you what wrestling is. Like, no, I'll show you. You know, I was like, it would have been perfect. Yeah. You know, like how I have it. Because then you have, you know, lo and behold, did we, you know, realize that we actually have a gem in Kurt Angle for him to do, you know, antics uh, promo wise sure. and everything. But 
This is still and be young, people sleep on young Kurt Angle. They do. He was a great heel. Yeah, he's a great heel. That they he leaned into it when it came to that, and I think he would have leaned into that too, knowing like damn well. Yes, am I a better wrestler than you, a Greco-Roman wrestler? But like you sure. are way better as a technical, you know. And then same as Brett, he'd be like, this guy could wipe the mat with me if he wanted to really, you know, grab me. But I can make this look better than you can. I can make it to where I didn't. I can not touch you and make it look like I actually hit you. Know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so he, yeah. He knows yeah. all that. So it's just like the best of both worlds. You yeah. Know, the little bit, you know, the more seasoned guy, the young guy, the you know, I technically and then technically. It would have been great, you know. Yeah, had they had that, like, you know. Now in two thousand, young Kurt Angle versus maybe past his prime, but experienced Bret Hart. Who goes over? Oh, that's a good one. Um, because it's like it's not like I mean, Angle did win some matches early on. You know, obviously it was like a year or two, and he's got the IC belt and the Euro yeah. belt and stuff like that. You could, you could see a way because I you can always have it to where he kind of cheats, you know, does something to you know, especially as the heel at that time, you know, like just does what he needs to yeah, do. I feel like at the time, Hank Angle would definitely be heel. Yeah, and I think you you could get him to go. It just depends on where the match is, you know. Sure. Um, but I definitely see see that being a fun one, especially like the promos going back and forth, you know, yeah. getting it under each other's skin, you know. Sure. So. I like that. It's. I feel like it's. It, you're. I hate that we have to do this. Not knowing what could have right. happened with the end of Bret Hart's career, because right. his career was cut way short. Yeah. So like, I would have loved to do this in like two thousand two, two thousand three, but by this point, we don't know what we would have had with Bret Hart because he's gone. He right. had the career-ending injury. So we can only make the, again, based on the limitations that we're putting on ourselves, which I like. I like the limitations because it gives us context. But we have to have very young angle versus end of his career heart. And it would be really interesting to see. I don't know how it would go. I would, I'd probably have heart go over. At least initially, and then maybe Angle learns a thing or two and, and yeah. gets his revenge. And I would love it to be like, a, we're not going to face each other three times in a row. We're going to have Hart beat Angle, and then they each do their own thing. Hart's probably in a title hunt. Angle is just improving himself. Yeah. And then maybe later, Angle challenges Hart for the title, and maybe we get some revenge there. But I think at least initially... You gotta have heart go over. Yeah. In that, and I mean, it, not no disrespect to Taz, but <laughs> Angle's first loss in WWE was to Taz. Yeah, I'm not. Like, and oh, as, damn, as you know. much of a suplex machine, whatever as Taz is, if we're taking a straight up actual wrestling match, yeah, who do you got, Angle or Taz? I'm going Angle. Of course. Yeah. Don't. Not even question. No, no question. No that. disrespect uh, to him or his future. God's godlike son hook, which we're not going to get into here now. <laughs> but like, yeah, that's. I mean, if Angle's first loss in WWE was to Taz, wouldn't that have been way better if it was to Hart with right. the story? Yeah, it has some season to it. Absolutely, right absolutely. All right, the next 
dream match we're going to talk about. We're going back. There's going to be a lot of repeats on this, at least as far as one person or another. <laughs> we're bringing back Randy Savage. This time, he's not taking on a young, cocky Shawn Michaels. He's taking on a somewhat more seasoned, still equally cocky Chris Jericho. <laughs> I got this going. They were both in WCW, but at that point, Jericho was very much in the cruiserweight division. Savage was doing his thing with NWO, and then later feuding against the NWO when he had Medusa and uh, Gorgeous George and Miss Madness, who went on to be uh, Molly Holly. Uh, But I would have loved to see these two face each other around 1999, Whether it was in WCW or in WWE, I felt like Jericho really, like, peaked Jericho to me. Like, Jericho, like a lot of people, like Shawn Michaels, like Bret Hart, like a lot of them, had two runs. And I feel like the end of Jericho's first great run was around 99. And then the beginning of his second great run happened around 2002, 2003. Ponytail. Like, yes. Yeah, ponytail. Yes. Yeah, like still, weird, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mid-ponytail. Yeah. Yeah. Rufus yeah. as the security guard. Uh, but then you got Savage. Similar in a way to Savage versus Michaels as far as like the young cocky person. But what I like about this more is now we're actually entering the real end of Savage's career. Not what McMahon thought was Savage's end of his career, but the real end of his career versus... um, And I like the idea of this happening in 99 because I like the idea of Savage flocked by the girls. I like that he almost became... I mean, you talk about sports entertainment. Savage is at the top of that list. But I like the idea of him like flocked by all these women, all these distractions, all this other stuff. And if you got him facing Jericho, you're probably going into the match with Savage as the face and Jericho as the heel. But I see a beautiful story happening where throughout the match, Savage has to rely on these outside beauties to distract the ref, to distract Jericho, to do whatever they need to do, and to see this sort of desperation unfold within an aging macho man. Right. Who, by the way, still at this point has one more title run in his career. He was world champ in 2000. But instead of us just seeing like oh young cocky arrogant disrespectful jericho versus established veteran savage which is kind of what we played out with Shawn michaels instead we get that same build up but your delivery is now all of a sudden we get a very desperate savage right and he knows it in a way and he he definitely knows it yeah he knows that he needs these outside forces to help give him the upper hand. Right. And I sort of love that against someone like Jericho. Like I really like you, you talk about great double turns. You talk about powers of pain and demolition survivor series 88. You talk about Austin and Hart WrestleMania 13. I could see a brilliant story being played out here where we go in with, Savage as the babyface 
and Jericho as the heel. But by the end of it, we see Jericho is clearly at this point surpassing Savage. Right, he's and doing he everything he said he would do. Des exactly. And Savage is so desperately trying to hang on to everything that he's just like, I don't care about my legacy. I don't care right. about my reputation. As long as I win this match right here, right now, that's all that matters. Right. Survive I see, and move on. Survive and move on. Okay. I see. Oh, what was the Jimmy V? Survive and advance. Yeah, survive Jimmy and advance. V. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. NC State, yep. baby. Survive and advance by any means necessary. Yep. I could see a brilliant double turn happening with Savage and Jericho in 99. I could dig it. I would love that. What do you think about that? I like Are it. you no, down with that? It's a good one. It's definitely one of those I'm just in, like envisioning a lot of the mic work, you know, pesky Jericho. Oh my god, giving, the mic work between these two. Yeah, giving Savage fits, but then, you know, Savage still giving, you know, his encouraging promos. And instead of it, like, you know, him kind of, how in his promos he would talk to either me and Gene or like, you know, he was talking to other people. Yeah. It would be him talking to himself, encouraging himself, right? Yeah. Or, like, you know... He has to build himself up. Right. And using it the way that it... it, it it makes it sound like he's telling everybody else, like you know, the, yeah. you guys. It's like, but it's more his, you know, speech to himself. What it should Absolutely. be inside, he's saying out loud. But then, it's and just... you know what's brilliant? And here's what's missing from today's wrestling. Mm -hmm. I love what you just said, and I love the idea of him going on TV and him doing this, and someone like Mean Gene. Yeah. We don't have anyone. To this day, like Mean Gene. No. But I can visualize the build-up to this match happening and Savage doing that and someone like Mean Gene right. kind of calling him out like, on it. You know, it seems like you're, you know, talking to everyone else, but you're actually, it seems like yes. you're kind of talking to, you know, what you would be saying. You're like, you know me, and just, like, kind of give him that look, like, oh, shit, you weren't supposed to realize mean that. Mean Gene could you know? do that. Yeah, yeah. Who, to this day, could do that? Not, maybe Renee Paquette. Maybe, but I, she, at this point, she's kind of far removed. Like, yes. she's getting in the traction back and everything, which is cool, but you don't really have that character yet, either, that can, like, call her out. Because, like... Mean Gene is a perfect spot for this. He's a perfect spot, and then it, he's been so established for it. So you start having, like, if you were to have Renee kind of call out MJF right now, I'd be like, who are you? You know, yeah. like, you're Moxley's yep. wife. Like, yep. okay, cool. But has she been there for since the beginning of AEW? And, yeah, she's still Moxley's wife, whatever. It's still credence to, like, well, you have been giving all these interviews. You're the one been doing this the whole time. It's like, yep. you just got here this year. Shut the fuck up. Who are yes. you? you know? Yes. So. Versus the estate. Yes. Right. I love so. that. I think that, oh, my God, how fun would that be? And I think that would be a brilliant, like, you tease it, tease it, tease it, and then through the match you get the double turn. Yeah. You get him relying. Medusa throwing him a weapon. Right. Gorgeous George distracting the ref. Miss Madness, a.k.a. Molly Holly, maybe giving a low blow. You can even have him call in a favor from an old NWO, you know. Yeah, like, hey, this is you know, partially removed. Yeah, why you know, not? Like, why not? They had before the match come to find out, like, hey, if I'm in a tough spot, I need you to come down and, you know, like. Yep, I, just you in know, case. I'll owe you one. Just you know, in and case. And it goes, goes a wire or whatever. Like, Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, so that's <laughs> number five. We got five down, five to go. Uh, how about this for a dream match? I would love to see Eddie Guerrero versus Bret Hart. Yeah. And I specifically want this. They sort of kind of flipped around the same time. 
They were both in WCW in 98, 99. Of course, Eddie Guerrero went to uh, WWE at like the first week of, second week of 2000, along with Benoit and uh, Perry Saturn and right. Dean Malenko. And Bret Hart stuck around for the rest of 2000 in WCW. Of course, he had that terrible end with Goldberg. But how great would this have been? This is just me. Hmm. Let's say Montreal Screwjob doesn't happen. Let's say Bret Hart just straight up jump ship to WCW before that. Okay. And we get... But what I love about 1997 Bret Hart is the fact that he was like so... like The anti-American Bret Hart, which made him a heel in America, but made him a babyface in Canada. And then you've got Eddie Guerrero, who just had a heel turn, where, like, if we're in Mexico, Eddie Guerrero is still babyface. But in America or in Canada, he's heel. So I would love to see Bret Hart versus Eddie Guerrero, 1997, done specifically in Canada. So you've got... They're really... In America, they're both heels. Mm -hmm. But in Mexico... Eddie Guerrero would be babyface. In Canada, Bret Hart would be babyface. And I want to see this specifically in Canada because I love the idea of lie, cheat, steal Eddie Guerrero going into Bret Hart's home territory and facing Bret Hart in front of a Canadian crowd. And how does that play out? As far as, A, who goes over, because if you have Eddie Guerrero go over Bret Hart in Canada with Bret Hart as a baby face, I mean, you talk about, like, white hot heat. Forget Shawn Michaels beating the British Bulldog in England. Can you imagine Eddie Guerrero beating Bret Hart in Canada in 97? Do you want to one-up it, though? Hit me with it. Bret Hart beats Eddie Guerrero in uh, in Mexico. You want it in Mexico, and then you have the payoff in the U.S. So wait, is this is this a best of three? We gotta make it a best of three. Like that's so round. Does okay. So round one, however we get there, like you said, we'll we'll start with where you're at. We get round one in Canada. We get round one in Canada. Hart goes over. Eddie goes over. Oh, he cheats in Montreal, and then round two is in Mexico. In Heart goes over. Goes over by cheating. Either he cheats or one of the Heart Foundation members help him. Either way, it's you know. But it's shady. You you expect like oh shit, Heart's gonna do something, right? Yeah. It's not Heart that does it. It's somebody else that helps him, but it gets him the win, and you still get the fucking heat. Yeah. You get the heat of like oh my god, how the fuck can you let this happen? You know what? Yeah, it wasn't Brown, but he still won, and they cheat it. So now you're going to have your And he's not now dismissing each, it. And right. He's just like, hey, you hey, know. Hey, it is what it is. It, he beat me by cheating. So who am I? You know, he'd be one of those like, yeah, no, it's wrong. But, you know, I did. I got not my fault. Right. You know, Brett's kind of one of those like, yeah, this song's but He's also like, hey, I'm not going to forget that. Sure. You, you know, so sure. it, it, it makes sense to have. You know, because you, you know, especially after Eddie winning by nefarious means, whether it was a roll up or, yeah. you know, uh, hitting him with the belt or anything on those, you know, what he's known for, he, he's going to get that heat and he could take it because he's, you know, Eddie Guerrero. 
It's great. You get pissed off uh, Bret Hart in Montreal. So now you have him just wanting another match. And then Eddie could be like, all right, fine. But we're going to do it in my hometown. You know? And it's just perfect. I love that. And then now you got to figure out, okay, we can do WrestleMania. Boom. Now your payoff's in the U.S. and WrestleMania. In the U.S. Oh, my God. And they're both kind of healed. They're both kind of And so then then now you got, like, each time, because now you got the U.S. They don't care because, hey... This guy got screwed over in his town, and this guy got screwed over in his town. We don't care because we it's in our town. So we are going to win either way because we're going to watch them fight. I love that. That is <laughs> that is brilliant. That's not yeah. where I saw this going, but I really, really like that. Yeah. I love that. All <laughs> right. Oh, I would watch that any day of the week. Right. All right. So we got, uh, we got four more. Let's go. Now, this is a pure, pure dream match. Hmm. Uh, I'm talking 1995. You've got a young up and coming, and I'm sorry if this offends anybody, <laughs> but you got a young up and coming Chris Benoit mm. against the various sta- so small, very dynamic, very dynamite esque, explosive Chris Benoit versus a large should not move as good as he does. Both of our boys. Right, we got boy, yeah. Bam Bam Bigelow. Oh, uh, dude. How did I, this fight match not happen? You like, we looked it's at crazy. It, it was like a, they did do tag teams. They did know, a lot like, of tag in that, like 99. That doesn't count. Yeah, that no, doesn't, like. No. But Benoit, and it, it's so crazy because, like, Benoit did Japan, ECW, WCW, WWF. Yeah. Bigelow did. WWF, Japan, ECW, WCW. So they both went on the same journey, but they had very little time where they were in the same place at the same time. Right. Where they were at the same place at the same time was 99, definitely past Bigelow's Bigelow's prime. prime, Yeah. Arguably at Benoit's prime. I I personally love 97, 98 Benoit. He didn't reach true main event heights till 04. So it's you got this weird crossover where like they're they were on the same trains but never at the same time. And when they were on the trains at the same time, it was never singles. Right. They both were in tag team and like Benoit and Malenko versus Canyon and Bigelow. Yeah. I'll watch that every day. Right. But the idea that we never got those two. There's literally one live event that happened in 99. So again, way past Bigelow's prime. Right. Where they fought each other at some live event untelevised for Benoit's United States title and he won. But how great would it be to see them? I'm picturing it around 95. So Benoit's really established himself in Japan in 93, 94. And he's coming into his own as a singles wrestler. He's lost the mask. He's no longer Pegasus Kid. And you got Bigelow, who at this point is literally main eventing WrestleMania. Yeah. With Lawrence Taylor, WrestleMania 11, 1995. I would love to see the dichotomy between these smaller guy who you don't expect to have power versus the larger guy who you don't expect to have agility. Right. And they face each other at that moment in their lives. That would be like that would be definitely one I think we would look back on. Like, holy shit. You know, like Should have happened. And of course yeah. it never could have. And there's 
what's nice again, again like Savage Michaels, we have someone to blame. Yeah. We have no one to blame for right. this. It just was. Right. It never lined up at the right time. But how great would it have been in like ninety four, ninety five, ninety six to see these guys face each other? Yeah, it would have been really good because it definitely would have brought out the best in both of them. You know, hey, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm the bigger guy, so I should be able to, you know, squash this guy. Like, holy shit, he's a lot stronger than he is. Holy shit, this big guy can move a lot faster than I thought he could. I thought I could just move around him and, you know. How great would it be to see, like, a sequence where, like, Benoit does a snap suplex on Bigelow? And you go, why the fuck does this happen? Right. And, like, 30 seconds later, Bigelow does a top rope crossbody yeah. on Benoit. Yeah. And they would have nailed it. Right. Or he gets he gets Benoit in the corner. He hits him with the cannonball. In the yeah. Corner. You know, you're just yeah. like... All right, now the the small guy's really hurt because, you know, yeah, he's been moving around him and everything, but once he got you and now he gets you in his video and he throws his whole body, it's just like you could start slowly playing each other's strengths, yep. you know? like And, you know, I I do want to say I feel like the one, like Benoit got to face a lot of smaller guys, a lot of bigger guys, whatever. I feel like Bigelow never got that opportunity where literally at every stage he was always facing other big guys. And yeah. the irony of it was, oh, it's the big guy that's strength versus the big guy that's agility. But I would have, God, what did we miss in seeing the big guy with agility versus the small guy with strength? Right. Because Vince is not big. He's not big on the small guy with strength. You no. have to be big. Oh, to have ben, you know, he never was, would have taken Benoit in 95. No, and that's never. Not, you know, never. like none of those. Even Dean Malenko. If you look back and look how fucking shredded Dean Malenko is or was, you know, in his prime, like Vince still would be like, he's too small. Yeah. Just because it's especially in that time. Right. Yeah. And it's just like, dude, he's fucking more ripped than half your roster. And like, how much did. How much did Hart. Hart, who's like six yeah. one, he's not small. Hart and Michaels thing. have to fight to get that spot right. in mid nineties WWE. Because imagine that... someone that's five nine, yeah. five ten, right? Like Benoit. The best thing, and here's the thing: the only thing that's saving grace, if you're asking me for Bret Hart, other sure. than like obviously his technical ability, sure. If he didn't have the shoulders and the traps that he does, yeah, he wouldn't oh, get noticed. Be like, dude, your arms are too small. Absolutely. But his, like his stockiness with his shoulders and like. That's the main reason why he was able to get through it because that if you look at him, that's his best muscle group other than oh, his chest. Oh, it is. And like yeah. you know his core, like it's all this. But if it weren't for those fucking shoulders and everything, I don't completely, know. Completely, no, I I couldn't agree more. So. And it would have been great to see. Of course, we never got to see it. Like I in '99, we got to see a lot of great tag matches: Benoit and Malenko versus uh, Canyon and Bigelow, and they are great. Right. I do encourage you go back to those Thunder and those Nitro episodes. There's a great tag team tournament that happens in '99 that involves those two. It also involves Kurt Hennig and Bobby Duncan Jr. Who, <laughs> who would have thought? Uh, but it's really great. But we never got that one-on-one match yeah. again, except that I I would of I can't. There is a zero percent chance of this happening, but if you happened, <laughs> if you happened to be listening to this uh, podcast and you were at the one WCW live event <laughs> that happened when they faced each other, please let us know. But it never happened on TV. It never happened in a program, and it's right. really a shame because what a talk about like. I don't even want to call it David versus Goliath because I feel like almost like. 
they both have David qualities yeah. and they both have yeah. Goliath qualities. Yeah, you're looking at it like, oh, the big guy marriage. can't move fast, the little guy can't hit as hard, but you're like, holy not shit. Not those two. Yeah. Not like, those you're, two. You're t- totally, you know, don't judge a book by its cover. Absolutely. Out of both of them. Let me ask, and let me ask you this, for real. Oh, shit. Money-wise, how much would it take for you to take a full-on chop from Chris Benoit and a full-on top body, cross body from Bigelow. I mean, he and the It's moment, at least four figures for me. Yeah, I mean, I'm also one of those, like, if you're giving me the money, yeah, I'll take whatever money, you know, for a chop. I'm also one of those, like... But what I'm saying is, like, it, like oh, that's how right, much yeah. would it take... Like, how much money would it take for you to take a chop from Akira Tozawa? Three, four hundred bucks? Yeah. How much would it take for a chop from Chris Benoit? Yeah. We're talking thousands. Yeah, it's gonna How hurt. much would it take for a crossbody from someone, some big guy, like, big boss man? Right. Where I know he's more or less just falling on me. Right. Versus Bigelow, who I know is thrusting right, himself. Right, yeah. It's a, it, there. I love the dynamic of the two right. of them, and God, how great would it be, like, to see them against each other? For sure, it's one of those like, damn, why did I, have I never made that match in like, you know, two K game or something? Buddy, I'm telling you, I'm, <laughs> I'm making it happen in two K twenty two. Hell yeah! The online community has some great Benoits. They've always had really good uh, creative, you know. Like, God uh, bless them for it. Yeah, shout out they're to amazing. His, like. The game comes out and then it's like, how did you already have this made? Made, you know, like already you had this ready, like two days in this up on the you know <laughs> online. Like, all right, cool. It's crazy. It's crazy. All right, so we got three more dream matches, and then we still got to talk about Cody. Yeah. Uh, or I'm sorry, whoever wins the uh, Royal Rumble. Uh, spoiler alert. Um, one more from the past, and then I want to talk about two more that could have happened in yeah. the more near future. The last one, if we're going back in the past, this has come up a lot. We never... So, Bret Hart versus The Rock. And here's the thing. We got Bret Hart versus Rocky Maivia. Right. But Rocky Maivia and The Rock... Are two different... They might as well not even be the same person. Yeah. They're completely different. I would have loved... To see Bret Hart versus The Rock, and specifically, I'm looking at 98 because 97, we're talking about Bret Hart, face in Canada, heel in America, whatever. Yeah. I like 98 Bret Hart when he first went to WCW, pure babyface, but also like the babyface, but like I'm not going to listen to Authority yeah. or I'm going to do my own thing. And then you've got this up-and-coming Rock who's also doing the same thing where, like, I'm in a faction, and, yeah, I guess technically I'm the number two guy, but I'm not going to listen to that. I'm going to be my own guy. And he did. He stomped Farouk into the ground as far as, like, who was on top. So I love the idea of 1998, Bret Hart versus a fresh heel, The Rock. Bret Hart is still at the top of his game. In this context, he's probably a baby face. And we're getting, again, we're going back to that Savage versus Michaels, cocky, up-and-coming heel versus experienced veteran. But instead of Savage, like, Savage was 35 and he looked like he was 60. (laughs) Yeah. 
he was balding on top. It was whatever. It's it the just, darker it, beard when it's yeah. like, dude, we know that is just for men. That like, is just for men, number and spray nine. spray paint, you know? Like. Yeah, yeah. Spray tan, spray paint, spray everything. Yeah. But this, to me, was more of, like, Bret Hart, 98, could still go with anybody. Yeah. And you look at The Rock, 96, 97, Rocky Maivia. Right. Kind of figuring himself out. Once you get to ninety eight, and I still look the the greatest. I would argue the greatest wrestling gif, gif, whatever you want to call it, of all time is young The Rock, not Rocky Maivia, but the young Rock rolling his eyes. Oh, the yes, yeah, and he walks away, yeah. and that's late. That's fall of ninety eight, and this is exactly where I see this match happening. Okay. And I'm not talking about a young cocky heel versus you need to respect me. Right, respect your veteran baby people face. that come before you. Yep. What I'm seeing it more as is Bret Hart, assuming the Montreal Screwjob doesn't happen any right. season. This in this my is all world, hypoth- you know, yeah, yeah. Hypothetically, this happens in WWE, and this is 1998 Bret Hart. He got through the Montreal Screwjob. He re-signed with WWE. He's been the guy for now we're talking about four or five years. And now you've got this young up and coming rock who is still technically playing second fiddle within his own faction, but he's clearly the breakout star. And I love the idea of seeing the heart foundation is banned. Yeah. The nation of domination is banned. Personally, I'm seeing this happening in a steel cage match. Both of these guys have had incredible steel cage matches, or Hell in a Cell, whatever you want it to be, matches throughout their history. I want, and here's where I'm really getting specific, I want no pinfall. Oh. I want no submission. You only win this match by escaping. Okay, like old school. Old school. Old school. Climbing over the top or going through the door doesn't matter. But I don't want Bret Hart winning with a sharpshooter. I don't want The Rock winning with a steel chair in the rock bottom. I want someone incapacitating the other to the point where they can escape the cage. 1998, I gotta tell ya, this to me is pretty much the ultimate coin flip. I don't know who I would take in this point. My gut says lean toward the rock, young up and comer. Right. But I don't know, man. I have a hard time seeing Bret Hart lie down for this. Especially at the peak, but it's ninety eight. Yeah, like Assuming Hart doesn't leave. Right. Yeah. Assuming it all gets worked out the in November. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've gotta imagine it's a big run. But then like every run has to come to an end. Right? Of so is this it, the end of the run? Like or is this the beginning of the run? For Hart, you mean or Hart I mean this specific feud. I would say like cuz he's already got the belt, you know, and everything. Like you can have Rock trying to Hart is the champ. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um cuz at one that's one thing I was looking up real quick. Um consider, yeah. let's say we have that. Yeah. Does uh does Owen still Team with the nation. 
That is actually... You know what, dude? Because I didn't I even fucking think of that. That's brilliant. That's what, that's what I'm here for. That's, that's brilliant. I, I know. Because then you... We're assuming Hearts... Yo, well, this is 98. Hearts yeah. still alive. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So then you can have that, like, using... The Rock using that against Brett, you know, and then you somehow have part of the Heart Foundation against... You know the nation, and it's this just got so much. Better. And it's it's the Rock getting the nation and a few that they really shouldn't be. So you can still have that. Yeah. Farouk, like, what the fuck are you doing? You're and the number two. Sense, you're the yes, and it makes sense for Farouk to say to D'Lo and Kama, <laughs> "This is not our business." Yeah. But he can't make that pitch to Owen, right? Who's in their feud? Because Owen, that's his fucking blood, right? So it's just like. Where does Owen does Owen play into the fi- the finish? I didn't get that far. I was just as you were going. Oh, that's what I'm looking. Well, I'm putting you on like, the spot. Uh, sure. I mean, I, for that match, you brought this up. Oh yeah, you brought this upon yourself. Um, I would hope if we're gonna do that, everyone's barred. Like we just we've had maybe a match or two where it was like a tag team. Where sure. It was like yeah. Rock and Owen, Rock and Owen versus, versus Brett, Hart and Brett, Anvil or Brett and Farouk. Because at this point. Because you've had fruit that the, the sowing to descent. Right. Oh, because so you got nation, one of each side. So, yeah. So Brett's finally like, you know what? Hey, Farouk, this guy's been you know shitting in your uh, kitchen the whole time. You're tired of it, right? How about I got a guy shitting enemy, in my kitchen? The enemy of your, you know, enemy of my enemies, you know, my friend, my right? Friend. So it's like, how about we take these motherfuckers out? I can get, I can get two of them out. You know, deal with the rock, and I get your brother out of the stable. Shouldn't be in, right? You know, right. By you helping me beat these motherfuckers. Oh my god. Dude, I wasn't trying to like save this toward the end for like any drama. Uh-huh. But oh, I love that. Yeah. And I love both of like it's there like no one's supposed to be involved. But right. at the same time, I see them all getting involved. Everyone's getting involved. Like you said, of you're course. Getting, you can even if you want it, you can So even who get... goes over? We're okay. Fuck, that's okay, a... listen, listen, listen. Listen. This yo. listen, yo, yo! Yeah. Shout out to the acclaim for sure. Scissor me, daddy ass. Um, if we, we can't, ah! you can't not bring it up and not do we're it. We're scissoring. Um, so we're talking. I want to say we're talking November ninety eight because okay. if everything goes on instead of Montreal Screwjob Part Two, blah blah blah. <laughs> Nation keeps rolling. Heart Foundation keeps rolling. We're talking. Let's go even a little bit further back. Let's say SummerSlam. Let's say summer. Let's say summer '98. We get Bret Hart versus The Rock in a steel cage match where Owen's loyalties are questioned because he's part of the nation, but he's a heart. And then you've got the Heart Foundation, who maybe Bulldog and Anvil and. Since Brett or whoever, you know. Since we're fantasy booking it, let's say Pillman's still alive. Okay. Whatever. But you've got this, and they're all barred, but they all eventually come down. Yeah. How? And okay. We, and we have to. Here's my thing. We have to get a clean finish in a steel cage match. If I'm doing this and I'm going to where it was, you know, at the, at the end of the day, I'm going to say rock. You know what? I'm with you. I'm gonna go with the younger guy, and especially the way... with it being an escape the cage. Right. Um. You can. Yeah. I don't know. You know how it gets set up, but you like you said, you have at one point the nation comes down. You know, then you have a hard fund. You know, they're 
they're basically making sure that neither side gets involved, right? Yep. And throughout all of it, they just realize, look, one of these guys got to win. Yeah. You know, they're just they're just. To I make... see them like taking each other out. They're both not involved. Right. Then they're both completely involved. Right. But it's sort of like, like... hey, somebody made a move, so then yep. after that, I was like, fuck, yep. you know, we, yep. all right, yep. you know. And I see through all of this, Owen trying to keep the peace. Because he's sort of he, he realizes in the like I'm on both sides and yeah. I think that's what happens is you ultimately have Owen comes out of this he gets essentially thrown out of the nation yeah because you know, yeah through the know, match through the match he essentially gets thrown out and then even the hearts are kind of like well we always had a place here and he can always ha- he, Owen could be like you know what I'm going solo. This is finally his point of like, you know what? This is I'm my... leaving both of you. Right. I'm leaving both. I don't need either of you guys yep. anymore. I'm going solo, you know. And 99 Owen wouldn't need either of right. them. He was great. Um, And then you can have Farouk being like, you know, like you said, comma, uh, uh, dealer, you know, like, hey, yep. you guys are with me. Yep. The Rock, whatever. That's The Rock. He wants to go be by himself. Fine. And then Bret Hart, he can have uh, British Bulldog, Pillman, and uh, Nightheart, Anvil. Yeah. Anvil, and they can just be like, you know what, Owen? It's about time you went and did your own thing, and we'll be here for you. You know, yeah. and it's just like, it just ends we'll all We'll let you walk sto- away. Right, we'll let you walk away. This isn't goodbye, it's see you later. Yep. You know, knowing that they're going to see And him. I can see the nation being bitter about it, but right. the Hart Foundation being respectful about it. Right. And I can see... Ultimately, because like a, it pays off win, everyone's little yes. thing. You get the champion, you know. He still wins, oh you know, out. But then he, How you know, he puts this? over the Rock. Yeah, you know, the Rock gets his payoff of. Okay, I'm now solo because I'm gonna have the champ. I don't yep. need the nation yep. anymore. Yeah, you know, I was already, you know, so oh, descent. he's done. After yeah, he's this. done. You know, I, yeah. I've already sold my descent. You know. Yep. And then he can go on if he wanted. He can even, you know, ultimately, you can have. Owen go and challenge The Rock a year later. Sure. Because he's built up sure. that resume of being by himself. And, what, and he'll go through the nation and if what he has ultimately to. would be even better if, ultimately, Owen goes and beats The Rock for the belt. And then Brett's like, you know, he's just like... Yes! Yeah, yes! He's like, hey, brother, I did it. I did it. You know, and then you got the... Na- you know, them. Then, even better, fucking feel-good moment. You have the Nation and the Heart Foundation both come down and celebrate with them sure. at that moment. Because why not? You know, Sure, like, why not? It's, it's kind of like that Mankind around Owen. You know, moment like, oh shit, the yeah. guy who put the work Austin in. Austin coming out to help Mankind. Right. You've got the Nation and the Foundation coming yeah. out to help Owen. Yeah, it's just one over of Over the Rocker, over right. whoever. Right, and then just celebrating the ring with them. And yeah. Yeah. God, that's so good. This is, and I do, again, I'd like... I just want to reiterate, like, we literally talked for two hours yeah. before we started recording this. We didn't talk about any of this shit. No, the only one, like, we really talked about is ones we'll be coming up with in a second here. Um, but honestly, like, I full oh, like, I, yeah. But I, as far as this top ten list. Yeah, no, no, no. And, like, a lot of times, like, I usually have very minimal notes. Like, yeah. there's times when I come in and I'm like, damn, I should be way more prepared. But this is the kind of stuff I'm really decent at you know like i love riffing yeah exactly this is honestly like this i this is to me the best off the cuff yeah oh yeah for sure and maybe we're an hour and 19 minutes into it so yeah well maybe people are getting sick of it i don't uh, know i don't know because i'm sure knowing the friends that we have you know listeners like they'll again again though can't give enough of a shout out to Seth. oh for sure is this without him you know kind of we're not even talking about this right for sure. So yeah. it's definitely welcome, you know, and that's like, we do take your guys's, you know, opinions and ideas and everything. They actually try to put them towards, uh, you know, 
content and stuff absolutely like that. it's that's the best part about all of this it's amazing all right so that's more of we did eight of the ten yeah fantasy matches as far as stuff that would have happened in the past and we got two more that i want to discuss that are more about like what's happening in the future this the first one of course couldn't totally happen because we lost Brody lee but I would have loved in AEW once Aleister Black got in and we did this whole House of Black thing. I would have loved to see Dark Order versus House of Black. I'm looking at 2019 specifically because at that time, while Brody Lee was alive, Dark Order was not a comedy act. They were serious. They were villains. Right. I love the idea of two villain factions who more or less have the same objective being like, look, you're taking this away from us. And it's not good guy versus bad guy. It's like essentially two supervillains fighting each other to be the only supervillain. It's like a turf war almost. It's a turf war. You know. It's turf war. It's bloods versus crips. Yeah, you could literally There's have no like good mem- guy versus bad right. guy. You can have it to where you, you know members are going after certain members and like just Absolutely. taking off the thing, you know, it's just Absolutely. So I love the idea of House <sighs> this... of Black. Hmm. No, go. Go. I'm go, just going to say this is basically what Jericho Appreciation Society and uh, uh Black Rock Combat, Blackpool, Blackpool Combat, Combat Club should be. Could have it been. shouldn't be just every of uh, everything has to be a blood feud match. It could literally be like mind games of like, hey, you know, you got four guys and you got a match coming up. Guess what? One of you guys is missing. You know, just wow. literally like, yep. hey, because we cannot. You know, it's just literally mind games and mind fucking. And like that would be exactly what would happen with House of Black and Dark Order. You know, yes. had it been everything because like, and they that would be all about the mind games, right? With those two factions, yeah. Completely, and, and that's one thing that I really do enjoy about AW is like they do lean into the factions and like the stables and everything sure. like that. Especially, I like that too. A lot of people shit on that. I it's weird because it, a lot of people I feel that shit on that or like aren't the biggest fans of it are you know fans of like mid nineties you know Attitude Era WCW or uh, WWF. Where you don't realize that stables were a very prominent thing in eighties wrestling, you know. Whether oh my it's, god, they were uh, huge. WWF or you know NWA, NWA. You, you know, a lot of those. So it's like, if anything, it's a harkening back to the older days. Yeah, you know, and that's one thing I you know I don't watch a lot of it at times, but knowing of it, like uh, New Japan and stuff like that, they're yeah. huge on stables. You yeah. Know? So when you have such a big roster, it only makes sense. It helps you know utilize guys who may not always be you know in a match or whatever but you say hey, what is this guy doing well he's been hanging out with this guy you know so and it was funny like when i you know pitched this one you know kind of like hey this you know should be one we throw on there it was just one of those like hard to i'm sitting there thinking like fuck we did lose Brody lee and like think about all the matches we could have had and it was just like yeah that's why i pitched you it was like dude we gotta include one you know because it's like gone way too soon and it's like thinking about all the small things that could have been because like fuck it it is one of those what just how many fuse would have been perfect and like how much more you know the, the, they could have easily had just like a year yeah 
of storyline between them, and it never had to even and be they, the A storyline. Right, and they could have crossed paths, in, which is funny when I was looking at this, like, they've never wrestled, if I'm not mistaken, and, like, they were both in WWE at the same time. You know, you had yeah, Alistair Black, Luke and Harper you had Luke and, Harper and everything, Black. so, you yeah. know, one was on NXT, and one was, you know, uh, yeah. just, you know, like, if I'm not mistaken, right as uh, Luke Harper went over to, you know, AEW, it was, like, right as Ricochet and Aleister Black had come up, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, which was such a weird thing. It was such team, a weird... But, but it, they made it work, you know? It worked. It was great. Um, but, but it was never... You never had Ricochet and Aleister Black versus the right, Bludgeon like a, Brothers. Right, right. So they were always, like, kind of there at the same time, but it never really got brought to fruition as far as those two facing each other. So we're talking around 2019 and we're looking at House of Black in AEW most likely. House of Black versus Dark Order because a lot of people forget that like lately Dark Order has been like a comedy act. Yeah. But at this point, at least in 2019 they weren't. It was very serious. It was very heavy. It was very serious. They did have comedy stuff kind of mixed in on like uh being the elite and stuff like that like okay. behind the scenes stuff okay but and i can't still, speak to that it, it was good stuff like that's where it was silver and like a lot of those and, like you know those a lot of those guys shine mm-hmm. you know and brody it was weird because brody lee you know was supposed to be the serious one like he was having fun with it too you sure. know okay so th- that kind of stuff was really cool but it's just one of those so if they're facing each other do you see Dark Order being more of that like face comedic sort of act, yes, but still with a nefarious means. And okay. It's almost one of those like I would almost have this feud go as long as I can. Sure, and you're not. It's not just like they're just having like kind of how we have now with being the lead in uh uh you know like uh Death Triangle where it's like yeah. that's the seven. Ugh. No, we're literally yeah. just having these guys. It's just a well established feud. They don't like each other. It's sure. a gang war. Sure. And they're just going to literally have, you know, matches for like two years, you know, until yeah. it finally yep. ultimately pays off. It pays off back and forth. Yeah. Can I tell you something? I would love through this scenario, assuming this is going through 2019, yeah. 2020, 2021, we're assuming Bray Lee doesn't die. Making a lot of assumptions. Yeah. But what I would love, like, I loved when 10 Press and Vance mm-hmm. just recently turned. Yeah. And joined uh, Rusha's group, yep. uh, Andrade's group, although Andrade's fucking Charlotte in Italy right now. <laughs> but neither here nor there. Uh, I love the heartbreak of Negative One having to go into it. Yeah. I love the idea of, like, them doing a thing where, like, Brody Lee, we're assuming they're, again, he's still around. Yeah. And, like, Brody Lee getting beat down and there's this situation where like negative one is around we know he's Brody Lee's kid mm. we know he's doing like, he's in the mask he's doing this whole thing and like he can't help his dad he can't help his family right and it's it really does it it puts dark order in that baby face light but I love the idea of like working in that like real life familial bond right because yeah, it, it is something that you know as we all know, wrestling does love to, like, tap into that personal, like, whatever you're going through, yeah. you're going to deal with, more often than not, you're going to deal with it in the ring. 
Yeah. You know, if it's public knowledge, like, you know, uh, you know, whether somebody had a drinking problem or a drug problem or a trauma of the law, like more often than not, like, especially WWE, they love to make you, you're kind of like, it's their, your punishment of like, you brought this negativity, negativity, not only on yourself, but to us. So you have to work it off. The by, least we can do is exploit it. Right. Exploit it. Yeah, yeah exactly. We're yep. going to make money off of your, you, you know, and it's just like, it's really dickish at the end of the day to do, you yeah. know, because you kind of, especially people knowing that it's been done to other people and then they still go and allow sure. it to happen to themselves. It's sure. like, all right, well, how do you break the cycle? Right. But yeah. that's a whole nother argument, a whole nother topic. Um, but yeah, I definitely see them tapping into that, yeah. you know, because there's really only so many like off hand or you know off limit things when it sure, comes to that sure you know? yeah you're you're there's very little we can't talk about right and what's weird though it just i mean maybe my bias is coming into like the way things were played out on tv but i feel like if this feud happened ultimately dark order is getting the best of house of black just because i feel like House of Black has sort of been screwed over at every yeah. turn. I yeah, don't know. Weird, but like, I think it would be an interesting uh, dynamic, and I would love to see them try to uh, toe the line of it being more of like a heel versus heel faction for as long as they can make yeah, it like work. Yeah, like I said, they would just have like random, you know, a month later, like, you know, like you said, you have Evil Uno showing up and in, interfering in a, you know, In a match. Murphy match. Yeah, I mean, in a Murphy match, yeah. and it's like, Fuck, that's right. They do still, you know, they're still unresolved. And it's just, that's how I feel they should have gone with Jericho Appreciation Society. And Black Boy is just like, you don't need them fighting each other every time. Directly, Directly. every time. Yeah. When somebody is having a match, you could just have, you know, uh, Wheeler Yuta pop up out of the crowd and be a distraction for someone. And he fucks over 2.0. Right, he hits 2.0 of the guys, you know, that doesn't realize, oh shit, they got cracked in the back of the head. And he dips and he runs out. And then, yep. you know, everyone but the ref realized, you know, it's just this small little things that you can make that go for months. Absolutely. You know, you don't need to have matches, but as long as I'm, I understand where this guy and what they're doing and yeah. you're keeping the story going, yep. I'm okay with it. There was a lot of legs. There was a lot of I'm momentum a fan of legs. that you could <laughs> I, God bless, a nice set of legs. Right? And I thought there was a nice set of legs that could have happened here. Of course, it didn't happen. It was beyond our control. But this is one of the like the true fantasy matches that again it, it didn't happen. It was nobody's fault that right. it didn't happen, but it just didn't happen. But I love the idea because I do like I like the concept of like it's not a true heel versus face whatever faction. We're like they're both kind of dickish factions, yeah. especially at that time. If we're talking like twenty nineteen. Uh, before Dark Order became like this sympathetic Comedy comedic trope. baby face, they were very yeah. like um, almost... and it was good. And it was good because if you tried to keep them heel after Brody Lee died, yeah. it would have been very weird. Yeah, you, I don't think you you're missing that piece. You know, um, you want to have sympathy for them yeah. after Brody Lee. Like dies. they're both bad bad groups. Whereas you have like House of Black, like hey, we are this... in the moment. In the yeah. moment, well, that's like when we're running, it's like. You can run House of Black as, like, we are literally the black witchcraft, you know, the, like, you know, yep. um, 
spooky evil yeah, people, yeah, whereas yeah. Dark Order Psychi- you, or you not have, psychedelic, uh, paranormal. Paranormal. Yeah, whereas shit. you can even have you know, like you said, you have Dark Order. They're also paranormal, but they're more like mind control and yeah. like the and they're more cultish. Yes, exactly. Yes. Like very join Dark Order. Like it was Jordan. Dark yeah, Order. join it's Dark like, Order. I so love those. Both evil. And yeah. one is just tapping into one's more paranormal. Sources. One's yes. more cult. Right, and then so you have them clashing. Like, hey, like I said, you're shitting on my territory. Like, yeah. no, this is our territory. So it could just, have been a lot of fun. Yeah. Could have been a yeah. lot of fun. Would have been a great thing. All right. And the very last <laughs> uh, theoretical feud that we'd love to see is something that, I'll be it's honest a good with possibility. you, it's going to happen. I'm telling you right now it's going to happen. You've only been will- trying to will, like, especially The Rock, into existence <sighs> for like the last two years. So eventually it's going to happen. January, I mean, <laughs> literally before January of 2020. Two. I've been trying to make this happen. So we're going beyond a year. Yeah. The last fantasy match that I want to see is something... It's the only thing on this list that could still possibly happen. We need, in 2023, to see Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns. This should happen this year at WrestleMania. And I believe it will happen. It's not a guarantee. There's a lot of different ways things could go. But the writing is on the wall. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if, like, strike while the iron is hot, we need, at this year's WrestleMania, to see Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns. We need it for a lot of reasons. A, somebody has to end this reign of terror no pun intended i was gonna say that i i know i know but that roman reigns has that the bloodline has and the story of the bloodline is amazing it's been incredible it's the best thing in pro wrestling in my opinion in the last 10 years and you can argue anything you want but i'm telling you over the last 10 years, that's the best thing that's happened. But we need to get to an end of this story. Yeah. And to me, the end of the story is Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania this year. And I will tell you how I see it going down. I don't mean to like ultimately segue this into what we've talked about earlier at the beginning with uh, the popular theory that's happening. Yeah. But this is the dream match that has been the writing on the wall for a long time that we're finally actually going to get the chance to see. Before I go into my theory, do you think, straight up, yes or no, do you think we are getting Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania this year? No. You motherfucker. Why aren't we getting that, Luke? Because I don't know what WWE has in store. It's hard for me when it comes to Roman Reigns and all this to know for sure. Mm -hmm. Like, do I think Cody and Roman have a match 2023? Yes. Okay. Do I feel that Roman and Sami Zayn have a match 2023? Yes. Okay. Do we... The it 
It's it's so hard. Have a listen. Like we, this one that we actually did talk about. You know, yeah, show in depth. We you know both listen to Sam Roberts break it down like his yeah. uh, theory of how it's going to run and everything. I just don't know. I do because it, what, what's so what a lot of people don't realize when it comes to booking this one or you know whether it's rest, it's two nights. Yeah, it's two nights. So True. you gotta have. If if you're gonna have now, if you're gonna have, do you have Roman beating Cody or Cody beating Roman? Let me ask you that. Well, let me. All right, let me. A let lot me. of it dictates like how it leads up there because if you're gonna have Roman and Cody, you gotta have a night two, right? Correct. Because, Absolutely. No. You, you know, no doubt. Um, no doubt. Now, do we? You know, because that was one thing that you know. How do we get there? Like, how do we get to the point where? Obviously, if Cody wins the Royal Rumble. All right, makes sense, right? Or even if he wins an elimination chamber, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, it, that's where you know, there's there's a lot of pieces at play. Sure. There's also talk about money in the bank. They're talking about getting rid of the money in the bank pay per view and have the money in the bank match at Mania or at a you know it just be its okay. own thing. Okay. There, there's all these floating rumors going around. Yeah. So I don't know. I I can't. I don't want to put it on the board because I don't know how we get there. Yeah. And I, we got to get there. Personally, I feel we don't get Roman v. whoever for the belt with potentially him losing it unless we have already taken apart the bloodline. Because it's right. going to be no, I'm, Roman I'm that. by himself. Like, maybe him and, you know, him and the wise man, him and, you know, Paul. Sure. Uh, just out there like like it had been prior yeah. to. But you got to figure out at some point, Sammy is going to, you know, that that's going to be an issue. Maybe, yep. maybe you know, it, it comes out at a... Elimination chamber, you know, or uh, that's where I'm at. I'll tell you my theory. Right. Well, what I mean is, like, it's just we gotta get there, and it's like, do we break and not break up the Usos, but we break them apart of like, you know, of the bloodline, right? Take the Usos away from the bloodline, right? Because yeah. I still feel we get Rock and Roman. Now, when do we get Rock and Roman? You know, do we get that at Royal Rumble? Do we get that elimination chamber? Because. Robert just did bring up a good point when it comes to Solo. Is like, you know, hey, you know, I was sent here by the elders. You know, well, who exactly is the elders? Are the elders, you know, Rikishi? Yuraka, Siki, Rikishi. Is is The Rock part of one of the elders now? Or is he still, uh, you know, yeah, like... Yeah, I mean, he's at that point. You know, so... Or, you know, like, how does this dynamic play out? Because you have that seed of... You know, sent, coming from Solo, he's kind of standing on the side while they're celebrating with Sammy now and all mm-hmm. this. So I don't know. Like it, it. So for me to say, yeah, Roman, uh, Cody, WrestleMania, get me there. How about you get I'll me get there? You and there. I'll, I'll uh, get you there. I'll get you there. Here's where I'm seeing it going. All right. So a lot of people are assuming that Cody's going to come back at Royal Rumble. Right. Cody's going to win Royal Rumble. And that's going to give us Cody versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Right. The problem is we got two nights yep. of WrestleMania. And we have two paper. We have Royal Rumble and Elimination Chamber. And Elimination Chamber before that. I also, no disrespect to the women, I don't see any women's match headlining night one of WrestleMania. So... I'm seeing two men's matches. Oops, sorry, I did not mean to hit the mic. Sorry if I just ruined anyone's ears. I wanted to bring you up before you got too far away from that. Are you yeah. going to say that 
no women will no match no women's match in main events night one what if your girl charlotte's back um so the only two possibilities to me her and belair no 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 charlotte no okay the only women's match to me that could headline either night of wrestlemania night one is either Rhonda versus Shayna, if you tell that story properly, because you've got friends, mm, whatever. MMA, yeah, yeah, there's a history. Yep, yeah, and I don't see it happening. No. Or Charlotte versus Rhonda. I'm sorry, you have not given me anything with Bianca over the last year to give me a compelling enough story to headline. I see it being a great first match. Right. At WrestleMania to get the crowd pumped, because there's energy there. Yeah, there's there be is a... a story there. But to me, if you've got Charlotte coming in, you've got Charlotte versus Ronda. It's not a Ronda person like this. That does nothing for uh, me, uh, dude. I'm with you. I'm with you. So that's my point. My point is, both <laughs> night one and night two need to be headlined to me by Roman Reigns. Okay. I've got night one being Roman Reigns versus The Rock for the title. And night two being the winner of Roman Reigns versus The Rock versus the winner of the Royal Rumble match versus the winner of Elimination Chamber for that ultimate spot. Okay, It sort of cheapens each of their wins. But when you've got the same person holding on to both titles, like you gotta get away, yeah, like you gotta get away. So here's my thing. Here's what I'm basing this whole thing around what Sam Roberts thinks. And to me, like I'm not trying to give too much credence to anybody else, but if you're gonna listen to one person about, I guess for lack of a better term, fantasy booking, it's Sam Roberts because this guy really has his finger on the pulse. Sam Roberts thinks that Cody is going to come in at number one or number two in the Royal Rumble, and he's going to win, and then he's going to go on to WrestleMania, but he thinks that that is too predictable, and perhaps it is, but here's what we need to remember. We are still under the supervision of Triple H, and there's rumors about Vince McMahon coming back in. Not going to get into that, but let's just say that none of that's true and Triple H is still running things. If Triple H is still in charge, and to me, Triple H is still in the zone of giving the people what they want. It's very similar to me of what Tony Khan essentially got the privilege to do for the first year of AEW, where he just got to give the people what they wanted. And he didn't have to do major swerves. He didn't have to do anything. Because ultimately, this was about making people enjoy the product. We can't do that forever. Because if it happens forever, it just becomes super predictable. It's fan service. Right, exactly. It's fan service. But if we go the opposite route, and we do swerves for the sake of swerves, now we're talking about like Vince Russo, WCW... And that just turns people off. Work yourself into a shoot. So what I'm saying is right now, we've got a person in charge of creative. 
that essentially gets the privilege of giving the people what they want. And to me, what the people want, and maybe I'm dead-ass wrong on this, (laughs) maybe I'm dead-ass wrong on this, is having Cody win the Royal Rumble and going on and beating Roman Reigns ultimately in night two at the main event of WrestleMania for the championship. Now, there's a lot of counter-arguments that you can make. You could have Roman win the Royal Rumble to get that ultimate dominant faction. But if that happens, is Roman doing that with Cody involved? Is Cody coming into the Royal Rumble with the big surprise and then he doesn't win? I don't see that happening. Right. I don't see any reason to bring Cody Rhodes into the Royal Rumble if you're not going to have him win. Now, if he comes in at number one or number two, it makes sense, A, because Cody Rhodes' entrance takes 12 minutes, uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. But to me, now you have to either have him come in at number one or number two to do that, or possibly number 30, and we're going to circle back to that. If he comes in at number one or number two and he wins, I think this is really ridiculous. If you're going to have Cody Rhodes... Pull a Shawn Michaels, Chris Benoit, (laughs) Vince McMahon, Ray, fart included, Ray Mysterio coming in at number one or number two, going the whole gauntlet, and ultimately you have to have. I mean, Vince didn't because he surrendered. Yeah, yeah, it was a whole thing. But ultimately, if someone comes in at number one or number two and they win the Rumble, they're going on to win at WrestleMania. Especially with Cody being gone for so long, with the whole story of him coming back, and this was his spot a year ago, and he never got it, and we're doing this whole thing. It makes all the sense in the world. I don't like it because if you have Cody come in at number one or number two, and he wins the whole thing, to me, there's no way that he goes to WrestleMania and loses. I want a little shred of doubt. So what I would do is have Cody come in at number 30. He gets to have his big, long entrance because no one's coming in after him. He gets to ultimately win. But you're saying, yeah, he won the Royal Rumble, but he won the Royal Rumble from number 30, and there were like eight people left in the ring. And is it that impressive of a feat? Especially given that if we're going to have The Rock versus Roman Reigns, which I'm predicting at night one... If Roman Reigns beats The Rock, and then he goes on to night two, he's facing now a guy who sort of... I mean, he earned his spot, but he earned it through, like, the least path of resistance possible. I like that story, because if Cody gets it from number one or number two, and he gets through the end, if you're going to have him go through all of that, overcome all of those obstacles, ultimately to just lose to Roman Reigns... I think we've squandered this opportunity. But the flip side of that is if he does that and he gets through all of that, you're telegraphing it. The sweet spot in the middle to me is having him win at 30, where you go, yeah, he won the Rumble, but he won it through the path of least resistance. So maybe Roman will beat him. I also like the idea if Roman Reigns is facing the Rock at night one, that Cody Rhodes would face someone on night one as well. Right. Ideally, the winner of the Elimination Chamber. 
I would have Seth Rollins win the Elimination Chamber because you have this Seth Rollins, Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes has beaten Seth Rollins three times. Seth Rollins has beaten Cody Rhodes zero times. But Seth Rollins has also been the only person over the last two, three, four years to to beat Roman Reigns. So you have Cody versus Seth night one and The Rock versus Roman night one. The winner of each of those faces each other in the main event of night two. During this time, Tell me you would not be interested in a story of Cody and Seth both kind of calling out The Rock. (laughs) Being like, what are you doing here? Right, how, yeah. So now you have the possibility of either of those matches going either way. To me, it ultimately still ends up with Cody versus Roman. Okay. And if we get to that point, Sam Roberts makes an argument that we get to go through all of that only to ultimately have Roman Reigns win. And the reason why we have Roman Reigns win is so Cody can go on this year-long <laughs> underdog story of building himself back up. Because, ultimately, that's what Dusty Rhodes would want to do. And I completely agree. That is the story that Dusty Rhodes right. would want to tell. But Dusty Rhodes is the son of a plumber. <laughs> Dusty Rhodes is the common man. Right. Cody Rhodes is not the common man. Cody Rhodes lives in a mansion in Marietta, Georgia. Cody Rhodes is married to a fucking smoke show yeah. of a wife. And he's got everything. And he's decked to the nines. And he gets a five-minute introduction. And he does that. Cody Rhodes is a polished professional superstar. Let's also not forget Cody Rhodes is coming off of a torn pack. Yeah. Cody Rhodes is also 37, 38, like 39 that. years yeah. old. Cody Rhodes is old. Cody Rhodes is older than us. Your body doesn't get better as time goes on. No, it's harder to heal, you know. It's absolutely harder. If we want Cody Rhodes to ultimately overcome Roman Reigns and get to that, I get the idea of going through this year-long journey. But if he does that by entering at number one or number two, A, first of all, he's probably going to hurt himself right. during the Royal Rumble. That's an hour-long match. Or the other scenario is Roman Reigns wins the Royal Rumble probably by eliminating Cody. And then Cody has to go to Elimination Chamber and Cody wins that. And that's how he gets a shot, which is all fine and dandy. But we're doing one of two things. We're having Cody Rhodes go through an hour-long Royal Rumble match where he's likely to hurt himself or through a 20 to 45-minute Elimination Chamber match. Still probably hurt himself. Where he's probably going to hurt himself. (laughs) And even if he gets through all that and then you have him lose to Roman Reigns at WrestleMania and then go through a year of climbing the ladder, who's to say he's not going to hurt himself again? Yeah. If any of those things play out, we have squandered the opportunity of having Cody Rhodes overcome the obstacles and we have to pivot and we can pivot, but we've now lost the story. Triple H is in a beautiful position, assuming he keeps it, assuming Vince McMahon is good, <laughs> where he gets to give the people what they want. It's right. the same thing that Tony Khan did with AEW for the first year of being in charge. 
was a lot of the first year of AEW storylines predictable? Yeah. But they were predictable in the way that made us feel good. Yeah. They were the things that we wanted to happen and they did happen. Triple H, aside from a few B or C storyline hiccups, has given us what we wanted. Mm -hmm. I want to see that continue. Maybe it's too obvious. Maybe it's too predictable. But to me, there are too many variables in making Cody Rhodes number one or number two, or making Cody Rhodes go through Elimination Chamber, or making Cody Rhodes go through a year-long underdog story in which, I'm sorry, he's not an underdog, where he's likely going to hurt himself, we're likely going to have to pivot, and we likely have had this golden opportunity in our hands and we've squandered it. I and Maybe this is too simple. But I'm having Cody Rhodes come in at number 30 so he can have his super long intro. I'm having him win. I'm having him as no part of Elimination Chamber. I'm having Seth Rollins win Elimination Chamber. And the winner of Elimination Chamber gets to face Cody Rhodes on night one of WrestleMania. And that winner gets to face Roman Reigns or The Rock. In parentheses, <laughs> Roman Reigns is being The Rock. Whoever wins those matches on night one get to face each other on night two. And again, maybe this is a little bit too much ABC storytelling. But to me, if we don't hit this moment now with Cody Rhodes, we have wasted the best opportunity that we've had. And maybe I'm oversimplifying it. No, I don't think you are because at, at really at this point, who else beats Roman that hasn't that's already where faced I'm at. him? You and know, that's, the thing, like, and that's the thing that Seth Rollins, or uh, Ro, uh, Sam, Sam Roberts, yeah. thank you, Sam Roberts said too was like, oh, they, Roman Reigns can walk out of WrestleMania still as a champ. But then why? Because then now who do, he's got to wrestle all the same guys again. Again! You know, and it's he's really, gone through Kevin Owens. He's gone yeah. through Seth Rollins. At this point, he would have gone through Cody Rhodes. Right. Who's okay, going to cool. come out and beat him? Cool. Elias. Right. Like Karrion Cross is going to step Right. What the like, fuck happened with him? You know, like I, it's just yeah, it makes sense. And even if it is predictable, it's like the easiest route to get us to getting the belts off or right? and, yeah, off and that to me, yeah, it's the path of least resistance. But it's sort of like Occam's Razor, mm. where it's it's that old philosophy of sometimes the simplest answer, most of the time, the simplest answer is the correct one. To me, we're in that situation, where the simplest answer is Cody Rhodes winning late in the Royal Rumble, beating Roman Reigns, and going on to whatever story, probably with Seth Rollins, that we want to do. And also, by the way, this allows us to give Roman Reigns a very, very, very well, much deserved, deserved time, off, yeah. time off. So if that doesn't happen, be the devil on my shoulder. If that doesn't happen, how do you see Royal Rumble through WrestleMania playing out? What would you do? Because also, by the way, during that time, I have Sami Zayn getting kicked out of the bloodline. I have Sami Zayn facing Roman Reigns right. in Montreal at Elimination Chamber, getting destroyed, and then either going to Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens teaming up to beat the Usos at okay. Mania, or Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens facing each other at WrestleMania. Yeah, I've heard that as thrown around. I, I don't know where that would leave the Usos, right. but how do you see it playing out? 
I mean, it's hard to say. Like you say, there's so many moving pieces with this one. It's it's generally intriguing to see where we end up. Um, I would love actually seeing Sami Zayn possibly winning the Royal Rumble, but not like, oh man, he just had a great role. It just he won it like he was under the ring. You know, like you forgot about it. Like just okay. one of those like he just comes over, yeah. like lifts the last person. He's Is just, like, he winning it under those circumstances still as a member of the Bloodline? Yes. So then you've got that internal strife. Yes. Okay. Because I've had that, and, you know, I've wanted that since, you know, a few episodes ago. Like, yeah. Hey, um, now, then, can we have Cody win Elimination Chamber or something? I, that, I don't know. It's it's really hard trying to move all these pieces around, you know, because it's like, what do you do with the Usos? What do you do with Solo Sequoia, right? Is he, you know, because he's kind of on the outside of, like, well, oh, Sammy's in here, but now, you know... Is he's he, on the fringe too, right? And they know. definitely have big plans for him. Yeah, so it's like, does he kind of like, hey, why are we not taking this more serious? What is he doing here? You know, yeah. like, so it, as long as I get my Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns payoff, that is ultimately what I want. Um, but do you want that at Mania or like Royal Elimination Rumble? Elimination Chamber? Do you want that at Mania? Do you want that after? I here's the thing: for the amount of work and how it's taken over, I do feel Sami Zayn deserves a Mania spot for this one. Like, it's Sami Zayn versus Roman Reigns at Mania? If it all plays out to where, like, he, you know, snuck in, started so, you know, getting the bloodline, like, working at each other, sure. Like, that'd be a great payoff. Do I see it that way? Probably not. Like I said, think Cody definitely throws a wrinkle in it. Whether it's Royal Rumble, Elimination Chamber, you don't bring him back. You don't say, hey, he's going to be out of the shelf for this many months, you know, where you're right. kind of looking like, oh, They've it's... done a great job of, like, trying to make us forget about him. Right. Um, so, that's why I'm like, I don't know if he's going to be the, right out the bat, like, okay, hey, like, said, number one, number two, I don't, in the Royal Rumble, I don't think that for Cody. I'd hate that. I personally, I if he's going to win it, I would see him coming in, like, middle, like, 20... Like you say, definitely want the entrance. You want to give him the time to do it. And I still feel like you can. Sure. Because you always made that work against him. You know, like, oh, hey, your entrance. And then, by the way, this guy's already coming down the ring right after you. you know? Yeah. Like, you should know better. Yeah. But then, like, we'll allow it, you know. Uh, where do you, If he doesn't come in at 1, 2, or 30, I was where like, do you see him coming in? Like, was it like... Because I also like the idea, we've discussed this before we get yeah. on the air... There's a lot of, for as long as Royal Rumble's been around, there's a lot of spots where a winner hasn't come from. And I just feel like someone who appreciates the history of those of wrestling, things, he would want to come in. So, yeah, there's, you know, 11 spots that have never had a uh, win. Or, yeah. Uh, but, win. I mean, if he doesn't come in at one or two, do you see him coming in at, like, like four, six, seven? No, I do, like, a 20s, maybe. Okay. Like, you, no you one's still, won from 20. Right. So, it's like you get in the middle middle tier, so where you're like, oh, he couldn't possibly be coming out right now. Boom. Cody. Right? Because you're thinking. Okay. But if he comes in at one of those spots, if he comes in, like, let's say a 20. Mm-hmm. Let's say 20. Who comes in after 20? That is intriguing because it's good. We're assuming if, if Cody he, comes in at 20, it's a surprise, yeah. right? Yeah. He's not on Raw the week before saying, no, right. Uh, yeah. So it's a surprise. So if Cody comes in at 20, who comes in from 21 to 30 that is intriguing 
both as a potential winner and as a foil to Cody. Like you said, Seth Rollins. All Kevin right. Owens. Okay. You know, any of those guys. Those, I don't know. see Owens. Well, I I, like you said, Owens be, and Reigns are, are they got to be facing each other. I would imagine so, yeah. Um, Rollins. Rollins. I can see sure. Rollins. Because um, like Reigns really... Like his feuds, other than the ones with Rollins, you know, and a couple of guys that like haven't really. What stuck. about Brock? Like I, I know mean, we're could, over Brock, but he could um, if anything, I would much rather a Randy Orton because hey, Orton would be he's, cool. He's you know they're hearing oh he's you know out because of surgery lower yeah. back winner. Are they just feeding the dirt sheets bullshit sure. when it comes to that? Just Maybe. to get that off, you know? Oh shit, Randy Orton's back and yeah. he's the legend killer. Yeah. You know, if anybody can beat him, it would be. I, I don't know. Like sure. two of those But I'll tell you what sure. I don't want. Like I don't like what I don't want is Cody to come in at twenty mm-hmm. and then we get a spot at thirty like Rey Mysterio yeah. in fifteen. No, it'd be nice to have someone else piggyback that where it's where it's big. There has um, to be some other legitimate threat. Right. And also then who eliminates Cody if he's that way the whole thing? Are we going with Seth? I could go with Seth. Here's why I don't like that. Cody beat Seth three fucking times yeah. in a row. I I know, but it's also Seth. You know, it doesn't. It means nothing to him. He's gonna win. You know, he's yeah. Little, you know that maniacal laugh of his. Oh. So yeah, it, yeah, right. It's just so hard. Yeah, this, this is of all the ten that we've talked about. This is the hardest to predict. Now, this is actually one that actually can come true, uh, match wise. So. Yeah. And also, by the way, at this point, I it is important to point out that literally there has been one person announced for the Royal Rumble. Yeah, which is really and that's weird. Kofi Kingston. And which tells me it's like, yeah, okay, thanks, Kofi, for letting me know you're not winning. Right. You know, like. But that's weird because a lot of times the first person to announce that they're in it is a legitimate person to win. Yeah. And Kofi, despite being a formal champion, a former champion, despite having his WrestleMania moment. Like you're the first person to tell me that you're. Yeah, you're gonna be in it. Like, okay. No, okay. So you're gonna get your one random spot, and then yeah, and lose. hopefully you don't, you know, like you actually get it on the. Co- you know, Kofi's. Like... A, yeah, I'm gonna call right now. Kofi comes in at number seven because nobody wins from seven. Okay. Nobody wins from seven. Kofi comes in at number seven. Sounds about right. And is gone by like number fourteen. 14. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's I can sad, do. but it's true. Yeah, but I mean, he's it, it serves the purpose, you know. Like, hey, you you're very athletic, you're talented. Like, we need you to sure do something to get the crowd, you know, engaged. So, so it, how do you? All right, so I'm putting. <laughs> I I told you, I I got Cody, yeah. I got Cody winning the Rumble. I got maybe Seth winning Elimination Chamber. They face each other at Mania. Roman faces Rock night one. Cody faces Seth night one. Winner of each of those has, goes to night two. You still have Sami Zayn involved in this. I do somehow, but what if they even... And what about Elimination Chamber in Montreal? Right. Is that not the spot to pay off Sami Zayn? That is. Or to have him even... Do With sc- the Chamber? With the Chamber. Or, hey, how about a screw job? Sami screws Reigns somehow. In what way? I don't know. Who does really? Reigns face? That's a good question as well. Owens I, again? Is he running no. Owens back? That's the thing. Like, how do you set time? up? What is that timeline you set up between 
now you know like these pay per views to give Reigns a match. Sure. Like if if anything, and I just have him sit till Mania. Yeah, like, and knowing and, I don't have to do anything because that's, no, and that's a very good point because again, this whole like all the fantasy booking, all this stuff, uh, props to mm-hmm. Seth for bringing all this up. Seth and I had a conversation on Facebook. Seth doesn't think that either the Usos or Roman Reigns are going to be involved with Elimination Chamber at all. Right. Because it's like, why do I have to? I already know my match is set for Mania. Yeah. Why would I that's put a, myself that's a, exactly. one online to get hurt? You know, like, yeah. as a wrestler, just, you know, kayfabe, like, I'm not going to have a match at Elimination Chamber. I already, got a, I already know i got a match at Mania yeah. with, you know, uh, whoever wins the Royal Rumble, whether it's Seth or if it's uh, Cody, more than likely, like, it's... So yeah, we. I'm just gonna sit. You yeah. know, like you could. Yeah. yeah. Oh, fine. Find me, GM. Okay, fine. Yeah. Like you're gonna take the belt from me. I doubt it. So let me ask you a random question. Okay. What? <laughs> I I hate both these scenarios. <laughs> but what do you think is more likely? Roman wins the Royal Rumble, or The Rock wins the Royal Rumble. <laughs> Rock. Okay. Because I just don't think that it's in Roman to... Because, I mean, Sam Roberts is hardcore on Roman Reigns winning the Royal Rumble. I know, but then... And it, I hate ha- that. Has, it happened, has that ever happened? Not like, oh, I have both balls, and I also won the Royal Rumble, so I don't really have to do it's dick. It's definitely not. Has the champion it. ever won the Royal Rumble? You know what I'm saying? Like no, the closest. So then you, we're setting up. No. Then we're fucking setting like new precedents. Yeah. all around. If we the do closest that. you had was 16, where Roman was the champ and his title was on the line, and he had to go wire to wire to defend it, and he got close, but Triple H right. ultimately won. So no, you've never. There is literally never. Actually, wait, hold on. No, because in January. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, once. Once in the history of the Royal Rumble has the World Wrestling Federation slash Entertainment Champion won the Royal Rumble. Okay. And that was 1990 when Hulk Hogan won it. And that's when there were no stakes. There were no stakes until 92. Right. So Hulk Hogan in 1990 was the champ. He dropped it to Ultimate Warrior in 91. Or in, in uh, 1990 at uh, WrestleMania 6. And then he won it in 91, but he didn't regain the title until WrestleMania 91. I want to say that was the only time ever. Okay. Only once has the world champion won. Right, it wasn't with the Because he was... Savage was champ in 89, and John Studd won it. Hogan was champ in 90, and he won it. Slaughter was champ in 91, and Hogan won it. And right. then from there on out, it was yeah, the, the person going to WrestleMania. So there's only been one time in WWE. Like if you have history. both belts and then you win the Royal Rumble, it's like, you might as well just be like, hey, I won the game. Game over. Like, I don't, you know, like. And that's what Sam Roberts is saying is the best story. I don't agree. I don't because then it's like, 
unless you like I have said months ago, whatever. You just have him like, all right, I want everything. I'm done. I'm it's going out to Hollywood. Me. Yeah, it's like I'm going to Hollywood. He, like, he should be O three Rock. Yeah, which ironically would lead to it. But it's sort of like there's nothing else for me to do. Right. If he is the dual belt champion and wins Royal Rumble. Royal Rumble. Game what over, else? man. Game over. Yeah, it's game like, over. Game yeah, over. Yeah, it makes no sense. I'm not for it. No. I'm not for it. So that's what I'm saying. Like, it's someone that it has to be means, whether it's Sami Zayn, Seth Rollins, or Cody, like, those are, to me, your Royal Rumble winners. And then you can, I can see it. You can, I can funnel see it. it towards Mania however you want to. I could see. I would love the idea of Sami Zayn winning Royal Rumble and saying, I don't want to wait until WrestleMania. I want to do it at my home. You know, I want to do it. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I respect you. I love you. Obviously, there's major dissension between yeah. them. But I could see Sami Zayn being like, look, I love you, I respect you, but I won this, I want my chance, and I want to do it. Right. I don't want to wait to WrestleMania. And I don't want to disrespect you. Let's settle this before WrestleMania. I can And may it. the best man win. Yeah. And you get to get, and, and he loses. He right. has to lose. But I could see him doing that and losing in Montreal just to get that last level of fuck you heat yeah you have uh you have uh one of the Usos brothers fuck him over like a screw job type deal jay jay it has to be yeah you just have jay screw him over and he's just like should have known all along you know like i let my guard down like shame and then you can have kevin owens come out like told you bud told you and then you you could have it go either way yeah you could have them be a team right or you could have kevin owens say fuck you yeah fuck you i told you you didn't listen to you yeah you didn't listen to me, so... Yeah. Then you get Sammy pissed off, and now he wants to fight Kevin. You know, yep. it's... Yep. So. That's... I still... That's where I see WrestleMania going. Okay. Where it's either Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens, or Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens versus, versus the Usos. That makes sense. Either way, I'm happy. Eventually, they gotta lose the belts as well, you know? They do, and I want... Honestly, I want them all to lose it. Yeah. At Mania. There you go. I want... Owens and Zayn to beat the Usos, and I want Cody to beat Reigns. Okay. And then you get your dissolution, and we can go from there. Hell yeah. That's where I'm at. Wow. Yeah, we like to talk. (laughs) Two hours and ten minutes into this motherfucker. Hell yeah. But I think we've covered a lot of ground. Right. For sure. I think it's been really good. Yeah. It's we didn't even get to AEW and No, we'll worry about that on the next one. We'll do that next time. We'll do a true... Uh, breakdown state of wrestling next time but this has been a lot of fun I think we brought up a lot of fun interesting scenarios yeah uh, with uh, potential fantasy matches and where we're going with uh, Royal Rumble throughout obviously like I said we're talking about fantasy things that were literally one of 30 people have even been announced yeah so we're way way ahead of the game (laughs) But it's interesting to see where it goes from here. Uh, I think that's why we watch, right? That's why we watch. Before we get out of here, is there anything else that you wanted to discuss? Because I'm satiated. I'm satiated. Yeah, I mean, really, just you know, going into the holidays and everything, man. Just uh, 
you know, spend time with your loved ones, you know, whether it's family, friends, and all that good stuff. We appreciate you guys, you know, spending time with us, you know, listening to us chop it up and everything. So Can't thank you enough. That's what I'm, it's the attitude of gratitude. Yeah. It's the season for being thankful, and I can't thank you all enough. I can't thank you personally enough. Hey, thank you for having me, man. Dude, it's, you, we really, I think you breathed uh, new life into all of this, and it's been so much fun. Uh, I know it's been like a month since the last one came out. Yeah, and we're but not we had some that. life stuff going on, you know, different things. So we both did. We were both sick. We both had shit going on. Yeah. It's going to happen. But we're going to uh, come back in 2020 better than ever. 2020? Gonna... No, we ain't doing that again, man. Oh, my God. Please, no. Sorry. <laughs> 2023, uh, we're going to re- recap everything that's been happening. Yeah. Uh, hopefully we'll have some more information, some more pieces of the puzzle that we get to put together. Uh, but until then, he is Luke. I am Mike. As always, thank you everybody for listening and supporting the podcast. If you haven't already, hit the like, hit the subscribe, do all that great stuff. And until next time, hey Johnny, hit that music. Take us out of here. <laughs> Goodbye.